Okay, Ryan, I actually knew what I was get- getting at with that story. Yeah, it took you like three minutes. So <laughs> after we stopped, you know. So when we were at when I, I was at that, fuck this. <laughs> Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, Re Lewis, twenty eleven, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of Utaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today, Sunday, March 10th, 1.42 p.m., I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. So, What's the deal? What's the uh, verdict on Captain Marvel? Uh, is it living up to the 80% it currently has in Rotten Tomatoes? I'd say it's slightly below that. Yeah. Do we want to jump into that? Right now. All right, so... I watched it last night, 7.30, past my bedtime. Whoa. I was committed. The dark circles are real this morning. They are. Or this afternoon, I Yeah. Say. This is actually my first coffee that I had today. Same here. Nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, you were out in a cabin. Cheers. There it is. <laughs> I was waiting for it to shatter over both our computers. <laughs> that was a violent smash of our cups. That was a little. So, yeah. Um, I guess... The main complaints that I've been hearing, because I watched a few reviews after I watched the movie. Leading up to it, let's maybe even take a step back. Were you excited? you think it looked pretty good? Brie Larson, good choice? All that good stuff? Um, well, I the same way Star Wars had some politics pushed into it, I was afraid that this would be the same. Mm-hmm. Because of what the writers came out and said publicly, and then Brie Larson and all that stuff that the internet's freaking out about. Which I think she said like something along the lines of, Let's just look up the direct quote because I don't want to... It, it was essentially identity to- politics. She went in about how the statistics of like male reviewers versus female reviewers and wanting diversity and then was it the wrinkle in time? She didn't want... Like it wasn't meant for white males. Oh, that's right. It wasn't made and for white some 40-year-old ma- old white man. It also got like really crappy reviews because it, from what I've seen, it's a really bad movie. Yeah. So probably not the best like... I would probably go with like Mary Poppins, which is the demographics like kids. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I guess Mike, I try to disassociate the characters or like the people from the characters. Yeah, the actors and actresses that are. Because I don't give a crap about what these actors care about. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, whatever. Like global warming. I don't care. Mm-hmm. We're all going to drown eventually. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> welcome to Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> no. Um, so I went in, had an open mind, and in the trailer, she looked like she went Super Saiyan. That's right. Yeah. So that's why I was kind of excited. It gave me hope for like Ultra Instinct and like a Frieza Goku movie. Sure. I was thinking um, Henry Cavill could play, uh, I could see like with his jawline being a good Vegeta. The guy who's doing Witcher 3 on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Superman. Mm-hmm. He has the face of a Vegeta. <laughs> 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 and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I went in and the scenes are very hit or miss. Yeah. Like when it comes to... I wasn't a huge fan of Wonder Woman. The plot was weird. I mean, but she had a lot of charisma as a character. And that's what I can appreciate. She pulled it off well. And um, like Thor, when he... I mean, because the character arc is kind of the same. They're this like really powerful character that gets thrown into just the human world. And it's kind of hard for them to interact. And then you have that kind of like 
weird interaction between the two worlds clashing. Mm-hmm. And it's that for Thor, Wonder Woman, and uh, Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, the charisma of Thor, like where he's just throwing down glasses asking for more coffee, where he goes into a pet store and asks for a horse, <laughs> and like just him confused about cars and pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Hemsworth has the charisma to pull that off. Yeah. And Gal Gadot has the charisma. Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but oh, Captain Marvel scenes are very hit or miss. Like, the first probably five minutes worth of her interactions with people, like, she doesn't have that, not necessarily flirty personality, but, like, joking personality to, like, to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Like, Chris Hemsworth could literally flirt with anyone and be like, yes. Bring it on. Give yeah. me you. Yeah, exactly. But, like, she could not pull it off. She did have some good interactions with... Um, Samuel L. Jackson. I said Will Smith. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson was awesome. He's awesome in every movie. Yeah, he's great. And he, he's CGI for him looking young was yeah. great. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. How he got his eye, like, his oh, the patch. the eye patch, yeah. That's part of this movie. It was really lame. Was it really? Disappointing. Okay. Um, there's one other character. You'll know it when it happens, or like when you start seeing the character. The cat. Yeah, the cat. Yeah. The greatest. I think the order is Samuel L. Jackson, the cat, young, Di- or uh, what is it? Carol Danvers was actually a better actress than Carol, Di- or what's her face? Brie Larson's Captain Marvel Yeah, Model like character. she had so much, like her interactions and the way that the emotion was portrayed through young version of her, uh-huh. like the kid, was so much better. And I was like, what are you doing? But it's still Brie Larson. Yeah, no, it is not. It's just a young kid who's oh. act, acting to be like um, like flashbacks. Gotcha, because the way the movie, like again, there was like a gazillion trailers and TV spots and stuff, but the way I interpreted <laughs> it is that she was once a pilot, and then, of course, then... If you don't want any spoilers, don't listen to what Rusty's saying. Yeah, I'm just describing, like, with the yep. trailers that I saw, but she was a pilot, and then she was, like, on Earth, and, like, goes into a blockbuster or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, was was the pilot stuff, did that take place after Blockbuster? It, it's, it's a reversed, like, insomnia kind of movie. Okay. Like... She, like doesn't she doesn't remember her past. Gotcha. And then it's her past is explained later on in the film. Okay. Essentially. But I heard um the villain is pretty cool. Ben uh, Mendelssohn or something like that. The like plot twist and villains are really predictable. Like really? you it's you can guess the plot twist from the trailers, which is my biggest problem with like generally Star Wars trailers and um like J.J. Abrams and how they do it, it's very secretive. And, like, my problem nowadays with trailers is they give away pretty much the entire plot of the movie. Mm -hmm. So this was no different, really. Yeah. Unfortunately. Special effects, space battles. Special effects were great. She went Super Saiyan. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Give me some Goku in here. What's up? No, like, seriously, if they did the effects that they did on her for Goku... Versus Frieza on Namek. They made a... Um, that would be amazing. They made a Dragon Ball Z movie a, a, like 10 years no, ago. No, no, no. That no, was no. so that bad. Was, that was really bad. <laughs> That's really bad. No, yeah. like... That was basically a, the Avatar M. Night Shyamalan equivalent. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, for sure. If not worse. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Like, because Goku had never lifted anything in his life. <laughs> and he was just like a Some high school... Some scrawny, like... Yeah, like a high school student. It was like, hey... 
I'm Goku, I guess. Yeah. Question mark from Planet Vegeta. And um, the the fear at the very end is, well, it's kind of like a Rey character where she hadn't gone through any main trials. Mm -hmm. Like, being curious about your past and, like, who your parents are or being curious about your past because you don't remember isn't really a trial. Mm -hmm. So my problem is you go in and you pump up this character who's described as being as powerful as Thanos without having them have, like, Thor, he was a douchebag. He was betrayed by his brother, cast out of Asgard because he was a douchebag. And he had to basically grow as a character and realize his flaws and overcome his, like, his own personality, which is, the, it's the same kind of character arc, mm -hmm. being chucked into this world that you're not um, a part of. But, like, he overcame his flaws to realize and gain his power back. Yeah. Uh, Carol Danvers is not that way. It's basically she wanted to fly a pilot because the women couldn't fly, and then she got her powers. Plot, 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 but then that's basically... There was no main tribulation. Okay. But the fear is, at the end of the movie, that she's going to be a Superman kind of character. Yeah. Which basically, a Superman kind of character, um, the second you introduce someone who is that powerful that can basically bend space and time, or they're basically a plot device that's unlimited. I mean, you, you have to pump up the villain so much that people like freaking Nighthawk or whatever his name is. Hawkeye. Hawkeye, who has a bow and arrow. He might as well, like, be robbing the rich and giving money to the poor. Yeah. Like, he, he becomes worthless. You have to just pump up everyone's power level, and then you get a very slippery slope to just, like, dealing with cosmic entities. Okay, so I guess what, what what's your worry here going into Endgame? Then? That we're going to... The other characters in the MCU have earned their place. Mm -hmm. And that she gets one movie, which is basically a backstory, and then they give her the let's defeat Thanos. Gotcha. When we've gone through other Avengers movies and come to love these characters because they've overcome all these crazy things, like the Jatari and Ultron. And yeah, stuff. no, I think that's certainly a fair point. I think... Maybe as audience members, we're putting too much stock in Captain Marvel's influence. I'm of, afraid yeah. of, of defeating Thanos. I think Thanos isn't going to even be the main villain in in uh, part two of Infinity War. You know, Endgame. I think Thanos is going to play a role, but I think very much like Episode Nine for Star Wars, Kylo Ren is going to be child's play compared to the beyond the veil of the galaxy that's going to come into play here. I think we're gonna be pretty surprised and, and i think in the beginning of the movie you know maybe robert downey jr iron man's gonna be lost in space he's getting ready to die and brie larson flies up to space and saves him brings him back down to earth and she plays just as big a role as any of the other avengers does in the, the battle that ends up yeah happening. i'm just afraid that she's gonna overshadow because of her powers the other characters yeah no i think that's a fair criticism i think every hero superhero has their kryptonite though um it doesn't look like she has any. Like, Superman had kryptonite. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have any weakness. Yeah. I mean, as a character. That we know of, right? I mean, that, uh, there's going to be... Generally, people getting stabbed through the chest. I don't think it, you know, Endgame is just going to be Brie Larson, like, you know, Kamehameha's all the over the place and yeah. just eviscerating all of her well, enemies. if she were to do a Kamehameha wave, I wouldn't really complain. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah. But... 
I I don't foresee you get Chi-Chi and Boma and yeah I think the let's listen the Russo brothers haven't done us wrong yet and I don't think they will yeah in Endgame no I I have trust that they will come through that was just a concern at the very end seeing her going after a villain that mm-hmm. we've seen before so perhaps spoiler warnings for uh the listeners because we're going to talk about the secret ending not the secret ending but the, the credit scenes oh okay you've watched them no but i asked my friend when she said it she hated it um from okay. work and um i mean there's it's nothing too the, i mean it's something that people wouldn't know right i mean at the end of um infinity war yeah. nick fury of course paged someone what was it sparrow or something or no he just had a um a pager that had the logo of Captain Marvel. That's right. So he... Uh-oh. Who the hell? All right. Uh, <laughs> we're taking a break. Ryan, entertain the listeners. Uh, so we're getting knocks on the door from a mysterious traveler. Is it anything we should care about? Thank you. Um, it's a package delivery. Maybe it's an Infinity Stone. <laughs> Maybe it's Game of Thrones season seven through five. I got a package, <laughs> Yeah. What it's is this? I am not really surprised, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's a it took you what all of like a day to order it after watching the movie? Yeah, pretty much. Basically, so I can just stare at Bradley Cooper's face. God, he's beautiful. All right, let's get back into this. What were we talking about? Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about his blue eyes now. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you remember in um, what's that movie where he takes drugs and he becomes awesome? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, Limitless. I've never yeah. seen that movie. What? Okay, well, he's really blue eyes once he starts taking drugs. Really? Yeah. They're even like, well... Were you taking satur- drugs while you were watching it and yeah. it just looked like he had so blue eyes? So I took eyes? some acid that I watched Bradley <laughs> Cooper for two hours. And then his eyes came out of the screen were just melting upon my like, oh, body. Oh, that's great. Just give me your melted eyes all over my <laughs> body. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, can't say what I was thinking of. Okay, so uh, what we were talking so, about is the end of yeah, Infinity yeah, yeah. War. Of course, Nick Fury pages Captain Marvel, and I'm assuming end credit scene, Brie Larson gets that page. Yeah, so it's essentially just, it's uh, not just just, um, it's Captain America, it's, I almost said Tony Romo. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Tony uh, Stark? No, not Tony Stark. Iron uh, Man? No, Hulk guy. What's his... Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Tony Romo, whatever. Yeah. Close enough. Um, what's the blonde girl now? Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson, Johansson. Black Widow. Or and uh, one other guy, I think, who were like, why is this... Like, they, they charge it up. Oh, the um, the guy who has the other Iron Man suit. The, um, yeah, I know the black talking. guy. Yeah, I know I forget his about. name. But... Um, they charge, they put the pager on like a battery and then it runs out of batteries. And they're like, oh no, what are we going to do? And then they turn around and she's there. Like, what's up? She just used instant transmission because she's basically Goku. And she said, what happened? Where's Fury? And then it cuts to black. Wait, so... You didn't listen to half of that. What no, were you Google searching? I, I was looking up the, the, the guy that plays Tony Stark's friend. His name is Rhodey. Yeah. What's his character name? His James, suit. James Rhodes. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, one of the actor portrayed by Don Cheadle. Sure. So, yeah, they're there, the, the batteries go out, and they're like, oh, crap, I don't know who they're calling. 
and then Captain Marvel like ascends or like evapor or evaporates. Wait, hold on a second. She before materializes out of nothing, and then she's there and she's like, "Hey, where's Fury?" So she gets comes to the present day. Yeah, she's here. She's yeah, instant transmissioned. Ooh, was she in her suit and everything? Yeah, she is. And they explain why her suits those colors and whatever in the movie. So Captain America was there. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, in his bearded glory. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that's basically she's arrived. It's be- the second part of the Nick Fury end credit scene. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. Um, and then there's a second at the very end of the credits, credit scene, which is just a funny um, scene. Nothing plot related. Okay, so I'll like add a ten here, Ryan. What do we think? Like a seven five or something? Like a six and a half, seven. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, I definitely want to see it. I want to hear my, Travis's my, take. My, like, I enjoyed the action scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the problem. The problem is the it's action packed and interesting in the beginning and at the end, but the middle is really slow. Gotcha. And the. Yeah, it's just the charisma of the character. Okay, it's it doesn't it's hit or miss mm-hmm. depending on the scene. Like sometimes it's like cool, yeah, and like the cheesiness that is what you said. One of the complaints was, yeah, sure, but that's the nineties. Like you had people with what frosted tips running yeah. around, like <laughs> whatever, or, or the eighties, or it's no, even worse. The nineties, you had frosted tips. Yeah, right. yeah, like Justin J- J- JT, J- Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber. Yeah, Justin Timberlake. The whole NSYNC crew. Yeah. So, yeah, those were fine. Like, I was completely fine. And, like, a blockbuster, like, that's a nod to the time. There's actually only one blockbuster left in existence in Oregon. We were talking about that at lunch. So weird. Like, I don't even understand. (coughs) Is there a CEO of Blockbuster or is it just, like, the the manager that lives in Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, they claimed bankruptcy, so there's not really a CEO. They're liquidating assets. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I just wonder if there's like a warehouse somewhere with just a bunch of like, you know what I miss about Blockbuster inventory of N64 games. This is what I was talking about this at lunch. I miss going in there and you don't know what you're gonna find. No, and you end up just getting this crappy movie. Like <laughs> you get this like a C level acting, like this crappy sci fi movie with yeah. like flying raptors. And, like, the CGI is pretty much non-existent. <laughs> like, they cardboard cut out raptors. Yeah. And then the blood is, like, just ketchup packets or, like, hot and spicy sauce from Taco Bell. Someone actually survived out of his car. I did see that as well. Yeah. <laughs> well now we're just getting to a rabbit hole of random stories <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. But, but no, I did, like, ketchup packages at uh, Blockbuster. Yeah, and um, the European Union... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's... And Great Britain, Brexit, that's coming up in a couple weeks. Let's, uh, we'll talk about Blockbuster when we do our 90s part two episode, you know, probably in about seven years. Let's get into the games that we've been playing recently, Ryan. Yeah, um, so I've been Ninoing the Cooney for about... How's your Cooney feel nowadays? Oh, it is... (laughs) It is majestic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my citizen power... All over the Cooney is great. Nice. No, I um I really enjoy it. I'm having a lot of fun. Because as of uh, last week, you hadn't purchased it. About 30 minutes after the podcast ended its yeah. recording. Well, you, you went to the parents, and I was like, I'll go to the parents, but I have to get Nina Cooney. Oh, wait. Back, back. Let's take a back seat real quick. We sure. went and saw 
How to Train Your Dragon 3 after oh, yeah, the we podcast did. last week. And that was outstanding. Was that before or after? It was so at the end of the show, I said, we're going to go see How to Train Your Dragon in 44 minutes, I think. Is what oh, yeah. So. Because um, we rushed out the door. I thought it was outstanding. It was great. I cried. I did too. Or I teared up at least. Well, it was funny because it was myself, you, Lauren, and Lauren's girlfriend. And we walked into this theater with just a bunch of moms and their kids. And then oh. there was one group of other like 20-year-olds next to us. But beyond that, it was just a bunch of like, you know, little teeny bopper kids running around with their parents. Yeah, we looked out of place. Uh, but it, it, was, it was so worth it, you know? Um, What's a trilogy? And yeah. they ended it perfectly. And hopefully DreamWorks doesn't milk the cow dry because... They did that with Shrek, and, you know, now we've got, like, Puss in Boots 4 and, you know... Return of the Boots. Exactly. We don't need any of that garbage going on. But, uh, no, it was a great story. The two story. boots. <laughs> it was Fellowship great... of the Boots. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Ryan makes himself cry in the podcast. I do. I do. Um, I'm hilarious for me. <laughs> No, it was a great movie. Three thumbs up, would recommend. Yeah. Let's get back to the games we've been playing recently. Okay. <laughs> How's your citizenship power, Ryan? Great. I'm at like 13 million. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah. So it's a, do, do we even, how, how much did we explain last week? We talked you about, talked the, about the kingdom building and we talked <laughs> about the, just the different gameplay aspects as far as there's some real-time strategy aspects. It's an action RPG at heart where you run into different characters across the map and then it spawns like this very kind of enclosed circular combat area that you just hack and slash your enemies. You have mm-hmm. ranged weapons, melee weapons, all that yeah. fun stuff. It's very much, you know, you're this young king and you king evan your father dies so you rise to power and then of course someone wants to overthrow you to take the iron throne and you're like screw that i'm gonna be the ruler of the seven kingdoms and, and then there's this lady across the sea who has dragons yep. and you have to fend her off yep denarius and then she Cersei's... has claim to the throne exactly mm-hmm. yeah so i guess after you got grayscale what did you do <laughs> <laughs> Um, I ate some green herbs and, uh, I was healed. See, I had Sam, like, just carve up my body. Mm. Mm. <laughs> We're so, we've completely derailed this podcast. So Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> so yeah, we both stopped at chapter eight out of nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Or we finished chapter seven. We just started eight That's for right. both of us. And there's nine chapters. So we have two more to go. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying the kingdom building. So, like, chapter four, you get... At the end of chapter four, whatever, you get a kingdom. Your new kingdom, or whatever it's called. Because Evan essentially wants to spread peace among the wherever. What a naive dream. Yeah, exactly. And so, <coughs> he kills all the other leaders, takes right. their home, and, like, he's he forms the... Um, the Declaration of Interdependence. <laughs> That's right. I thought that was so ridiculous. I thought it was, I was like, no, please don't. And then they said interdependence. I said, I read it as interdependence or Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was fun. You go around different kingdoms. I am enjoying the uh, the kingdom building probably the most. It's so addicting. And we read any review from Nino Kuni 2 and... That's basically what every reviewer said, is they never thought that that would have been the main component of the game that really kept drawing them back. Yeah, I mean, it's great. So there's that game that I used to play on um, 
like you're on your phone where you build a cane in the same way. It was advertised by what's that girl with boobs? Um, Kate Upton. That's she. <laughs> you're she's, a horrible no, man. No, she, that's how it's marketed. Like it's that's marketed. how she's marketed. Wow, that's we're no. Really... I said that's how it's marketed. It's marketed. It's the game. It being the game. What is it called? Kingdom of something. Basically, you get different things and you upgrade them, and they make you pay microtransactions. Well, how the hell does Kate Upton come to this equation? She's in the marketing. That's how she's marketed. I seriously, you need to bring us back to earth here with this. So it's the same logic, except it's mi- minus microtransactions. Kate Upton, and then what am I looking Kingdom for? Kingdom of whatever. Kingdom mobile game. Yeah, sure. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Tell that's, me that's, that's not how it's marketed. That's pretty bad, actually. Yeah, okay, so... Game of War, full live-action trailer, <laughs> and it's Kate Upton with, like, this really skimpy, sparkly bra, and her boobs are, like, pressed up against... That's... I told you! You doubted me. That's... Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty bad. Wow, way to completely... So, basically, they, uh... That one has a bunch of microtransactions to, like, speed up stuff to whatever... This one is basically what that could have been if it was awesome. So this one, you don't have any microtransactions. You basically get a, you have coffers, which you gain loot. So I have some tips for you because my kingdom is probably better than yours. Come play, my lord. This is, I can't even get over this garbage. Yeah, hey, get off that porn. <laughs> Seriously, like, man, we're tainting the young minds of, of Lordren kids these days all right Ryan, tell me about your kingdom so what you want to do as far as strategy don't tell me what to do tell me what you want what you really really so what you want to do for strategy is instead of researching everything all the time you want to put down all the areas right you want to fill them up with actual places yes or like the spawn buildings spawn the buildings yes that's what i'm looking for and then leveling them up gets you more xp quicker or, like, more influence. What if I don't have enough people to populate those buildings? It doesn't matter. You still get loot for okay. those buildings. And so that, so I should also say that you recruit citizens in this game by performing a number of different, <laughs> like, fetch quests, side quests type things, or you kill certain monsters. Yeah. And then you do that for citizens that are in other kingdoms, and once you perform and complete that side quest, you recruit them to your kingdom. And, and then, they have different abilities that work on to... You have to have their abilities to upgrade or research. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it doesn't really matter. You still get the loot or the inflow of um, the, or the income. Yeah, yeah. So um, the only reason you'd put people in there is because you need a certain like IQ to upgrade a building, or you need a certain ability. Okay. Um, so I guess what you want to do is you have your main castle, and then there's two buildings. One is like a uh, a sword place, like a sword building where it looks like it's like they're teaching soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? You're talking about the place that you, when you upgrade it, it's uh, your XP increases? Well, there's the XP, and then that same place, it has like the circle. Yeah, yeah, the XP place. Yeah. You can upgrade that, and it helps increase your army's potency. And then there's a place above that river, like near your castle, that increases your troops and like all that stuff. So this so is for the want... real-time strategy battles. <laughs> yeah, so you need those, because you get both more XP in battle for your just your character's XP. Okay. And then also your army's XP. Mm-hmm. And then um, once you get your city big enough, so I have upgraded all of my 
uh, buildings to their highest that I can do for a level two castle. And now I'm just upgrading everything and I'm almost done with that. But I'm just accumulating money, basically, mm-hmm. so I can prepare for level three castle. Um, but what you want to do for the real-time strategy is... I was level 13, and I was afraid that there's going to be a huge battle at the end. So I'm going to... You're eventually going to need it. So I power leveled. What you do is, outside of your new kingdom, there's a battle, like level three. Mm-hmm. And basically, you beat that one time. And then there's a, that first plains area... There's that first battle that you ever do. Yeah. It's level four. Yep. So you beat both of those, and then you go into, like, modify the battle, and then you check all of them. All of them, including hard mode. And it automatically puts all the enemies ten levels above you. Oh, gosh. You get a crap ton of XP. Just think you're getting, instead of 52 XP, you're getting, like, 150 to, like, now I'm getting 3,000 XP. Wow. So I power leveled. It took about a half an hour to get to level 40. Is that the max? No, it's 99. Oh, okay. But I'm, I think level 40 will be closer to final battle. Oh, yeah, level. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, um, I was reading that someone beat the final boss, on, probably on normal, at level 53. So you're level, what, 60? Yeah, like 60, characters? 62 or something. <laughs> so you should be fine if you're playing on normal. Yeah, because, I mean, every boss that I've played against so far... Um, with the exception of that flying dragon, because you had to like hit him to get him fo- come back to earth, or whatever. But every every like stationary boss, relatively speaking, I've beaten within like thirty seconds. Yeah, so I've been playing on. I did do one battle on normal, and then I quit out and saved, or I quit out and went back and beat him on hard. So every battle I've done hard or expert for the bosses, and because I did, I beat him in like twenty. Yeah, seconds. it's like a joke. So that wasn't fun for me. So I went back and I shot yeah. a battle for him. Way better. Played on hard at minimum. It's more fun that way. Especially at level 60, you should... Like, I, I could clean make, house pretty much at this point. So. Yeah, you'll be fine. I would upgrade it to hard. Yeah, I'll do and that. And then um, on normal, you don't get that good of loot drops. The frequency and better armor that you get on hard and expert is definitely significantly increased. So you have some pretty boss swords right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some really powerful hammers. Like, I'm level 56, and I have a hammer that's hitting, like, 250, 270. Dude, his his weapons are so much better than ours. Yeah, so I actually i am using him because oh. I die so quickly on hard mode using It took me, like, King 10 Evan. hours into the game that I figured you could just press up on the control pad. And yeah, you told me I had no idea. I was manually changing party. Yeah. Um, but you're loving it. You're really enjoying it. Yeah, it's great. Um, you get... There's kind of spoilers, I guess, like that, um, you get a boat, which is awesome, mm-hmm. and then you get, that's the, uh, plane. The airship. The airship. I don't know if I've gotten that yet. Yeah, you... Well, were... I had to have. Yeah. Right? If we're in the same spot in the story, unless... Did you... Well, like, it's right after you talk to him. Or So, spoilers for a plot twist. So, right after... Oh, that's right. So, right after Roland, who's your main bro, throughout, like... Chapter one. So, like, he's in the opening scene. He's a president from a different continent or country or dimension. Yeah. And then he has a city nuked, and then he teleports into a magical world as a JRPG, as a younger boy. As <laughs> That's basically what happened to Donald Trump. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're just waiting for him to nuke a city and then teleport. Yeah. And then... um 
So you meet Evan. You like teleport into this young kid's bedroom. <laughs> 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 and you're like, yo. And he's like, holy cow, what the heck? Are you an intruder? Are you like part of this coup? And you're like, I don't know what I am right now. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, hey, I'm youthful. Cool. I can do so many things. And then you realize there are mouse people, there are cat people, there are dog people, and you're in just a furry heaven. And then you're his bro for the next, like, eight chapters, or seven chapters, until, like, chapter seven, he betrays you and, like, goes out to this mouse kingdom (laughs) who... The mouse lord, like, poisoned your father, and then he tried to kill you, chapter one, when this dude teleported into your bedroom. I was going to make a Michael Jackson joke, but now that the Leaving Neverland documentary is up, I think it's probably yeah, not it's, a wise It's actually choice. a sad story, because it was all mostly a li- it was all a lie, and then the dad committed suicide after Michael Jackson killed himself with uh, medications. Wait, back up. What? So the court case of the kid basically saying, hey, touch me. Yeah. It was actually fabricated from his father. His father told the son to say that. Oh. And then after Michael Jackson died because of all the medications and the weird cocktail he had, uh-huh. the dad committed suicide. Wow. But this so is... back to Kingdom Furryland. No, but <laughs> so Leaving Neverland is a new documentary that just went up on HBO. Oh, okay. And it's these two young boys that are telling their side of the story that Michael you know invited them to, to Neverland and their family and when they were between the ages of like 7 and 10 he performed a number of sexual acts with them behind closed doors okay um, but the the media and the public are like kind of st- stuck between it's true or it's a lie because of course the late Michael Jackson is no longer with us and he can't speak up to defend himself um, yeah but I don't want to get into that but it's kind of sad because like all radio stations have pulled Michael Jackson's music. The Simpsons, the episode that they did of the character who voice was voiced by Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. they said they pulled the episode. I'm not really sure what that means. I mean, it's it's on all of the DVDs and stuff like that, but probably from circulate like the same way that they don't play the, like Fox isn't going to run reruns of it basically. Yeah, pretty um, much. Like they don't play Harry Potter four because of like Twinkly Dude. What? Never mind. It's totally unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. Now I'm curious. Who's Twinkle? Twilight Dick guy? Robert Pattinson. Yeah. What, whatever happened? Because he gets money and they don't want to pay him. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a joke. No, it's true. Uh, if you ever watch a Harry Potter marathon, they never play Goblet of Fire. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they do. I. You know how many marathons I've watched of Harry Potter? You don't even have cable. Yeah, when I lived at home. Travis, please. Is this true? Let us know. You don't even like Goblet of Fire. Why do you care if it's on? It's not, by the way. Okay. I had to buy it. Whatever. Where were we? <laughs> oh, furries and shit. So, <laughs> Roland, uh, he, they're like, there's a masked, like, hooded guy who goes, who's just talking to him at night. And then, like, one of the sky pirates, he uh, he sees him talking and goes into this, like, He's like tells one of the burry the uh, burly council like, hey, I think Roland's a traitor, and then he calls him out, and then Roland just basically walks out, and King Evans like, no, no, Roland, you're my bro, you're in my bedroom, and then he <laughs> like Roland goes to the Mouse King and was like, hey, I can get you the King emblem, and then or like I don't know where it is, I think it's around his neck or Evans' neck at the his new home, and then. He goes into Evan's bedroom again, and he, like, touches a statue, and then he gets into this hidden corridor and finds the emblem, 
and then he turns into a frog and then gets back to King Evan. He's like, hey, this was all my plan. I'm actually your friend. Wait, Here's he your... turned into a frog? Yeah. Yeah. Because he shot that guy to, like, show his loyalty to Mouse King. Oh, but he actually didn't shoot him. It was like... Yeah, I shot him with fake bullets. Yeah. And then he gave him pills to turn into a frog, and then they both ate frog pills, and then they popped <laughs> out of a gutter. <laughs> what are you doing over there? I'm just touching your table. Okay, calm down. And, um... Yeah, so then they turn into frogs, and then they hop back home, and now they're cool. And then, like, you get the, you basically save, because that's end of chapter seven, mm-hmm. and then you go outside, and you're, the pink-haired engineer friend from that tree town. <laughs> this <laughs> game is so screwed up. She's like, or he comes, he's like, here's your skyship, and then you get a skyship. The one with his face on it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Okay, so you rip off his face, but you get his skyship. Okay. Yeah. Sounds about so, right. What, okay, did you understand what was going on with that boy at the end of each chapter? Like, mysterious boy? Yeah, so Is it's... your subconscious? It's, yeah, it's really weird. So at the end of each chapter, it's it's kind of like a, a foggy... Yeah, you can tell you like it's almost like a dreamlike state. And uh, Evan is sitting at the table with like this blue little tunic... Talking to this other young boy, um, and they, they yeah they just have conversations about what's what's going on and Evan's kind of relaying the events that have happened in the previous chapter, and this young boy just kind of like counsels him, but you really have no idea if it's like just his subconscious or he's schizophrenic or yeah I haven't if I thought I missed something but like yeah I have no idea, and the end of before chapter seven where Roland betrays you he's like hey. Evan, like these are cordial conversations. Like, how would you feel if you got stabbed in the back? <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Well, then he also asked him too. Like, didn't he ask him about having a female friend or something? Yeah. You ever want a girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. Like, you gonna marry someone? He's like, what? I'm like six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I perceive Evan to be like probably twelve. Yeah, he's super duper young. Yeah. But he's casually just has like wielding a giant purple sword and like. Yeah. Slice. I have a lightsaber looking sword right now. It's pretty cool. Do you? Nice. Oh, yeah, I do. I have a blue. I I showed you a picture of that thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's pretty sweet. It is. Yeah, so good game. Worth getting. You enjoying the world of the JRPG? Yeah. Okay, so freaking Dragon Quest XI sucks ass (laughs) compared to this game. Like, just flat out is the worst. (laughs) Okay. This is... This is Ocarina of Time to, like, Breath of the Wild kind of, like, levels. Wow. Well, I think they just... Okay, you played that game. What are you talking about? You played, like, ten... Like, not even that. Like, six hours, and you're like, screw it. (laughs) Don't tell me that this does not, like, tickle your fancy compared to freaking Dragon Quest It's tickling something, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's tough to compare... Quality to non-quality. No, (laughs) no, turn-based battles to action, because I've always preferred action RPGs over turn-based RPGs, but... And what are, like, half the things on our, um, our bracket turn-based? Uh, because I, Final Fantasy IX is a masterpiece of a game. That was what I was seeing, but, yeah. You, did you watch gameplay of that? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. When do I not do research? <laughs> it's, it's rare. It's rare. Uh, so yeah, rare let's um. Dark. <laughs> what'd you say? Rare is perfect dark. I, I don't even know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I said rare is perfect dark because I said it is rare. Oh. 
Because you always, whenever you say perfect dark on here, instead of just saying the name, you're like, Rare's perfect dark. And you always say the publisher. Because Rare is a legend, legendary company. That's true. Yeah. They made yeah. some incredible games. And we're going to get into that real soon, folks. Don't you worry. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> was that enough of a pause for you? Yeah, I was just, I don't I was thinking of some kind of Nino Cooney joke, and I just, I don't, I didn't know if it was going to be appropriate, so I figured it might as well. <laughs> they, they generally aren't. No. So have you fought any of the dragons in the Nino Cooney? Um, I think one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But they're pretty powerful. Yeah, I was looking, and I got to level 50, and I beat one of them. And then they just randomly increase levels, so now they're like level seventy, mm-hmm. just scattered around the world. Have you been killing the purple glowy guys? That's how I got the, the the sword that I'm using now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I generally try to go like five levels above because they're actually pretty hard. No, they are. I'm they're hard and expert. And so, to explain to the listeners, the purple monsters are basically a normal monster that you would normally fight across the battlefield, enlarged, and there's like this purpley mist kind of surrounding them and it's just basically signifying that they're powerful the real deal mm-hmm. so but good times good times we'll probably have final impressions of nino kuni 2 next week yeah so now that we have recorded or we will be done recording mm-hmm. and we can uh, finish the game for next week last night we were watching hill house so yeah this past weekend i went to um kind of this remote area log cabin with my mom her husband and lauren myself of course and we got back into Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. and it's just as spectacular of a show as it was the first time. Did they enjoy it? Yeah, my mom is so into it. Because <laughs> my mom... You guys watched it in like a day. Yeah, I mean, my mom is the person that got me into horror movies to begin with. She mm-hmm. showed me Pet Cemetery. Um, I think it was three hours after I was born. Um, but no, <laughs> I was like six, and basically scarred me for life, but equally made me love horror You're movies. rusty. I know you were born, but here's how the world works. <laughs> if you bury an animal, it'll come back to life and try to kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically how Don't that, let things die, Rusty. Yeah, my first uh, word was reincarnation. Um, but yeah, no, so good times at the cabin. We had a lot of good conversations, a lot of good music, all that fun stuff. We watched Hill House. Where was I going with this, Ryan? You watched Game of Thrones. Yeah. Secretly. I, Where were you going with that? I don't know. I think I was just talking about my the, what happened over the weekend. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also why I didn't like play a whole lot of Nino Cooney this week because yeah, you stopped like Friday because Game of Thrones took over. Yeah, and then watched, you like, wanted me to seasons. catch up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, final impressions next week. Sounds good. Stay tuned. Okay, so Ryan, after the break, I actually figured out what the heck I was talking about. What with that were story. you talking about? So last night when we were watching Hill House, I was coming up with JRPGs to recommend to you now that you're. So in love with cooning and stuff. Oh. So I, I, I pulled up. <laughs> let me pull up this list here. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> uh. Let's see here. So Tales of Asperia, definitive edition for the PS4. This is a game that I played on the Xbox 360. It was released in the PS3 in Japan. Yeah. Another great JRPG. I think you'd really like it. it has very similar play style to. Yeah, I watched the review. You know, can, oh, you did. Okay, yeah. so you saw its action combat. Yeah, and it looks like it's all voice acted. It is. Opposed to Ninu Kuni, which is not. Exactly. Like, Ninu Kuni, they're like, oh, yeah. And they're like, they do their, like, one-word phrases. They're like, let's get them. And then it's just like, hey, I think we should go to the castle here, here, and here. <laughs> because the plot and blah, blah, blah. And they're the next, you click next, and it's like, let's do it. it like, yeah, <laughs> it makes like, you cool. read, like, three pages of text. It's just, like, jeez, I feel like I'm reading a freaking Harry Potter book. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, it's a fun game, though. So, the other two... There are two other games for the PSP. 
mm-hmm. E's Oath and Felgana, and E's Seven. Yeah, I didn't look up either of those. So Oath and Felgana was actually on the Turbo Graphics and Super Nintendo way back when. It was E's Three, Wanderer of E's. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to get into JRPG stuff. Yeah, we're not going to get into the naming conventions here. Kingdom Hearts Two Point Eight Nine Pro- yeah. Prologue Edition. Days over years. Birth minus sleep. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Heart Moon. <laughs> um, no, so Oath and Felgana is much more old school. Bird's eye view. You play as this young red-haired man named Adol. And uh, it's just a great, great action RPG. The music in these games, I know you're not a big music person. No, I, I appreciate music for its atmosphere. I don't remember the exact tunes. You'll remember I... Ease, Oath and Felgana. It's like... I doubt I'll ever remember the name of that. No, let but alone it's, its music. It's really good fun. So that's more old school. E seven is kind of your over your, your shoulder. It's more modernized because it actually came out for specifically for the PSP. Oh, okay. But a great action RPG, and you can kind of flip through and play a number of different characters um, on the fly. Cool. Good fun. Final Fantasy twelve, the Zodiac Age. This originally came out on the PS two. Uh, it's one I've not played, but it was remastered for the PS4. What I think you'd really get into is the Gambit system, and that's basically the co- with the name of the combat, and it plays very similar to, like, an MMO. Ooh. And I think you'd really dig it. So dig I, it. I think you should check out that. Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen is kind of a third-person action RPG, very reminiscent of your Skyrims okay. and Oblivions. Um, a lot of different classes to choose from. And customization, a lot of customization and just leveling up your character, a lot of looting. Yeah, I also have to beat that Xenoblade, but I don't have like 200 hours. I was going to say, it's going to take you like 400 years, dude. Yeah, well, also the combat was really, you wait until something charges and you click X and then you spin around with a sword and then like you wait until B charges and then you click B and then you like jump around with a sword <laughs> and you're like, God, I'm just spinning and jumping for hours. <laughs> Yeah, I, punching giraffes in the wilderness and just like killing them for their coins. <laughs> JRPGs. <laughs> it's a very unique yeah. genre. It is. It is like nothing else. But Ryan, you know what we need to do? We the need, rest of the podcast. We need to march in some madness here. So like we talked about at the end of last episode, Ryan and I wanted to create in the spirit of March Madness, the NCAA college basketball tournament that happens every year during this time, we wanted to kind of create our own video game-themed idea, put our own little spin on it. And so it was a very (coughs) tumultuous task putting together 64 games, ranking them, splitting them into four logical regions, and then creating a bracket in an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, I do have to thank Rusty, because I didn't have a lot of time this week, so he watched Game of Thrones and put this together. (laughs) Yeah, so basically over like a series of three nights, I stayed up until one o'clock in the morning binged like three seasons of game of thrones That's and true. put together this video game bracket yeah, you went from like season two to like what ne- nearly mm. season five i'm mid through season five right now <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about the spoilers at season seven next week yeah exactly but seriously we could no yeah we could definitely do a leading up to the uh, premiere of season eight um so i'm gonna kind of read through i posted this on twitter um facebook i posted it on the Discord, of course, I really wanted to get as much communi- community involvement in this as possible because as much as I created this for Ryan and I's own discussion and debate on the podcast, um, very much like this podcast to begin with in its origins, I wanted it to be very community-focused. And so we got quite a bit of community involvement. Hopefully over the next two weeks we get even more people writing in with their brackets. But I, I wrote up the kind of this blurb, this introduction, the rules of the bracket, and kind of um, our hopes for putting it out to the public – 
And so I'm going to kind of read that now because with this, I'll just read it and we'll get into the details. This video game theme bracket was created by both Ryan and myself Must in the spirit of the NCAA College Basketball March Madness Tournament. Each game was chosen with several different factors in mind, but it primarily came down to Ryan and I's personal enjoyment of the title. Mm-hmm. Additional items were taken into consideration, such as the overall importance to the industry, public perception, and how well the game is aged. Even the 64 games were chosen with a bit of a... So not N64. Even if the 64 games chosen uh, is a bit of a best-of list for Ryan and I, we both thought it would be great fun to share with the hope that our audience, and even those that don't listen to the show, will join in on filling out a bracket. So we said, that, or I said, we both felt the best way to split 64 games into four distinct regions of 16 games was based on the era from which they were released. So this will be quite apparent once you see the complete bracket. Seeding was purely subjective, as you clearly cannot objectively rank 64 games unless it's Mario Kart 64 and Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing is the clear winner. We also wanted this to be solely console-based, as we could have very easily created a list of 64 handheld games as well. Or PC. And so this last little bit here, I was just basically talking about, um, you know, I, there's inevitably going to be people that are up in arms that, you know, Final Fantasy IX is on the list, Final Fantasy VII is not, um, you know, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess is not on the list, but Wind Waker is. Uh, the, there's just a lot, Fortnite's not on here, Pong, there's no NES games. There's just a lot of eras that Ryan and I completely just botched. I mean, I originally had um, Tetris, Super Mario Brothers, um, Metal Gear Solid, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, in addition to Grand Theft Auto 3, and it just didn't make sense to have a bunch of stuff on there that Ryan and I would be debating even though we haven't played the game. Um, so it is primarily <clears throat> personal, and the seeding is subjective. Um, Wii Sports is a 16 seed. Should it be one? Well, yeah, if we're talking about the importance to the industry. But if you think how many games we've played over our lifetime, yeah. you, we, this could easily be like a 700 by 700 bracket. Yeah, and Ryan and I, pff, hell, there's if someone want, I could pay someone to do that, but you can pay me enough no. to make a bracket Plus, we don't large. have that many hours on a podcast. <laughs> and there's not enough episodes of Game of Thrones for me to binge to actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do that. So, no, in, in all honesty, I, I was kind of heated when I was creating it because it was taking so much time. But looking back, it actually was an absolute blast. Um, it's more the formatting, I'm sure, in Excel with all the little brackets. Yeah, that was a pain in the ass. But it, at the end, it having created it and put it out to the public and the reception that we've gotten has been very positive for the most part. And so, um, yeah, really glad we did it. Ryan and I should, should have one heck of a time debating these this bracket and... Um, some battles will be easier than others, of course, but mm-hmm. um, I think as we get into like the Final Four, the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, and all that kind of stuff, it's going to get pretty uh, pretty crazy. So, Ryan, let's go ahead and start digging in here. All right. um, what, what Ryan and I are going to do to kind of explain the rules here, uh, we're going to go through each region on its own, and we're going to do the left side of the bracket, which consists of Days of Our Youth, the Super Nintendo N64 and PS1 games, this week, and we're also going to do enter, Entering the New Millennium, PC, PS2, Xbox, and GameCube. Um, so we're going to do the complete left side of the bracket. Ryan and I will argue our choices and present our case for why certain games are reaching the Final Four. And then next week, we'll do the other side. So a new generation of game, Wii, PS3, Xbox 360, and the dawn of a new era, Switch, and PS4. And so a few people wrote in, and I will share their results and what ended up beating their final game. And then uh, Ryan and I will debate that probably in two weeks 
you'll figure out what game ends up making it all the way. Yeah. But Ryan, let's start off with the days of our youth. All right. So I guess the first two games are Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on the N64 and Tony Hawk Pro Skater, the first one on N64. So what I did for each one of these is basically look up all their sales and their meta scores and then their user scores for each one of those. So what are those, Ryan? So Ocarina of Time on the N64 sold 7.6 million copies, and then additionally it sold 5.62 million on the 3DS. Um, But looking at just the N64 value, 7.6 is a lot. Um, Its meta score is 99, (laughs) so pretty high up there. And the user score is 91. How hard is it for you to actually say that, Ryan? You know what? (laughs) Pretty hard. (laughs) Uh, And then Pro Skater 4, or I'm so used to saying Pro Skater 4 because that was mainly the one I played. Um, It was the 30th best-selling game of the N64. It had 1.61 million copies sold. It had a meta score of 84 and a user score of 8.8. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, I guess what I chose was Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Did you really? <laughs> yes. Um, I I mean, I fully played through this, not on the N64, but on the 3DS. Because um, <coughs> this was kind of past my time of playing that. I, I've more played um, the Smash on the N64. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, overall... I mean, comparing it to Tony Hawk, which was a lot of fun. I usually I played the fourth one mostly. Mm-hmm. Fourth one was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Three and four, I loved quite a bit actually. Um, I didn't really play much of the first one. Yeah, I would say Ocarina of Time really revolutionized that three D RPG, um, expansive world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was revolutionary for the time. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, no denying that. What about you? So for me, um, Ocarina of Time, for me, is the clear winner here. Okay. But I, it's in no way denying the greatness that is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I mean, the memories I have playing that are just unforgettable. I remember my buddy Scott going over to his house one day, and uh, you know we had like this weird path. I never took like a, an easy route to his house. I'd, like of course, run through a number of different neighbors' backyards and get to his house. And uh, I remember just walking in, and it was just a nice summer day, and he said, hey... Russ, you're not going to believe this. I was like, what? What's going on? He's like, I have a blue N64 cartridge. And I was like, what? I mean, for to that point, I only knew of gray and black cartridges. Yeah. I, well, I guess Donkey Kong was... Gold or was whatever. yellow. Um, but a blue one was just completely foreign to me. And he's like, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a skateboarding game. And I was like, oh, okay. That sounds a little... <laughs> what weird. a nerd. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> like, all right, whatever. But we went downstairs and just played this game for hours, hours and hours and hours. The Warehouse was one of my favorite levels. Mm-hmm. Bob Burnquist was my guy. And we would completely, we, when we'd start the match or start the Warehouse, we would replay and restart the level until uh, Goldfinger's Superman came on. Mm-hmm. You want to get, hold on, we're going to get that on my phone yeah. real quick. Because it's like one of the greatest songs ever. Goldfinger. See, how do you remember all of these tunes? <laughs> Here I am, doing everything I can. Just 
I think I did the same thing for um, Burnout. Okay, I could definitely skateboard to that. Pretending I'm a Superman, Ryan. That's how I felt doing my... Kick flips and your grinds. That's right. That's right. Um, all the wheelies and things. Yeah. Outstanding game, but there's no could, way it's going to win against the Could you skateboard times. in real life? In RL? Yeah, I was a huge skateboarder. Really? Oh, yeah. I had no coordination to do I, that. I used to wear like a like an Adidas visor. And oh, I'd like, look at you balling. I, I'd flip it upside down and wear it backwards. Dude, I was such a tool. Yeah. <laughs> the definition of tool. Yeah. Upside down visor. <laughs> You're like funneling light into your head <laughs> at that point <laughs> they're like totally missing the key purpose of that article of clothing yeah i was a ridiculous kid but that's that that was uh young rusty i just remember one of my friends he had a longboard yeah he was really into those those and, were huge big in college yeah and like skating down mountains and like all those people who are like flying down those curvy roads and then they just they cut out the part where they run into cars and like fly off a cliffs mm-hmm. I, um, apparently it's, there's a thing called a speed wobble where it like, when it speeds up it, the board starts to wobble. What's that wobble song? It's like, wobble, baby, wobble, wobble, (laughs) the the weird little dance thing. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I wasn't good at that either, (laughs) but my board speed wobbled and it's like, oh shit. Like (laughs) I wasn't prepared for this, nor was I prepared to get on a thing with wheels and stand up. Yeah. And... I just ate it. Like, oh yeah, I f- fell off, scraped everything, fell into a ditch, and I was like, mm, "No, I think I'm gonna stick to like regular sports, and, like, <laughs> things where I can not fly around on wheels." Yeah, yeah, good stuff. All right, yeah. So, so Ocarina of Time, moving on. All right, so the next match, Ryan. What do we got here? We have Golden Eye, N64, and Banjo Kazooie. So Golden Eye had. <gasps> no, that was a bad one. Was good. It's the beginning of the game. Yeah. You know what's up. I, I Travis know, knows I know. what's up. <laughs> I was like, you're right over there? <laughs> like, you like hiccuping? A- <laughs> <or> like... <laughs> um, so the sales for GoldenEye was 8.09 million, Metascore of 96, and a user score of 90, or a 9. Heck yeah. And Banjo-Kazooie was 3.65 million, a Metascore of 92, and a user score higher by one point. Or uh, a tenth of a point is 9.1. Nice. Yeah. So what did you go with? I guess, do you want to explain your experiences with these games? Yeah, so GoldenEye, I remember going over to a friend's house and um, a, really, a really good friend of mine, and he always had the more mature games. Like, he was kind of the first place I played, like, Grand Theft Auto 3. You were a tax accountant. Things like that. <laughs> and, uh, wait, what? You were, like, the more mature games. You were in a tax accountant. Exactly. Said you had to pay mortgage. <laughs> no, so he um he had Goldeneye, and uh, I remember playing multiplayer with him, and it was rated T, and of course I was like 10, 8 years old, however old I was, and um, I asked him if I could borrow it, and it was like a really big deal asking my dad to borrow this teen-rated game. Oh. But man, I played the heck out of it. Just an outstanding game. Even to this day, I played it earlier, or late last year, I played through it again in like two nights. Um, one of the best soundtracks in an N64 game ever. So memorable. And especially for a game that 
multiplayer was shoehorned in at the very last minute and, and it's it, one of the best multi i mean that game has aged really well the co- the combat or like the shooting mechanics are still really yeah i mean graphically good. it looks like garbage but oh for sure it's still such a blast to play and a lot of people i've heard people very vocally saying like oh it's just a garbage game nowadays it doesn't hold up i i played through the entire single player campaign late <laughs> last year and just had a blast so um and i also cannot be beaten in goldeneye i am unbeatable I would want to play that again, multiplayer. It's been I actually years. just ordered a um, HDMI to um, N64 AV adapter. cable adapter so we can play N64 on the big screen. We can play PS2, Wii, whatever. Ooh. So. Yeah, because I think that wasn't that the problem with the uh, GameCube. I couldn't hook it up to. Uh, yeah. Because they don't have the yeah. yeah. So you can order uh, a converter on eBay for like ten bucks. Oh, nice. Definitely worth it. Um, yeah, because I want to play Sunshine again as well. Yeah. And Melee. Hell yeah. All that to say, Ryan, that Banjo-Kazooie is the clear Sorry. winner here. <laughs> um, Banjo-Kazooie is, you know, right up my alley. Outstanding collectathon 3D platformer. Grant Kirkhope, what's going on? Let's grab some tea or something. Just composed a brilliant soundtrack that I have on vinyl, and I need to stop being so lazy and actually send it out to California so he can Yeah, what the heck? You, like, me. teased him. You're like, hey, can I, I tweet you? And I'll send you my things. And then you never send him his things. And now he's getting blue balls on his signature. Yeah, I need to I need to get that over there quickly so that we can maybe get him on for the 50th episode of the podcast. How cool would that be? What episode are we on? 35. <laughs> That's coming up. Yeah, I know it is. I know we're mid-30s. Yeah. Um, you look like you're in your mid-30s. We're not actually in I know, the, I feel like um, it. I'm just kidding. You look like you're uh, a healthy, uh, healthy 21. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no. Not when your job is like being a president and you're like you age like three years for every month. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, no, Banjo Kazooie's the clear winner here. Outstanding, very memorable um, 3D platformer. And, See, uh, I had Goldeneye. More, uh, they're both very good games. Um, I played more Goldeneye than I did Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I mean, you weren't a big like I w- pla- 3D platformer person. Yeah, I never really got the chance to play a lot of the n64 games Mm -hmm. we kind of when we got our n64 it was going right into the gamecube era okay so we kind of migrated from that to gamecube pretty quick gotcha um also game boy advance i played more so than n64 um i i i mean both are very solid games i chose goldeneye because of how revolutionary it was for the genre Mm mm-hmm um, I mean, it was huge, and like I was looking through Perfect Dark as well, and that those mechanics for the the shooting is very blocky. I guess it's you have very certain angles mm-hmm. that you can shoot on. The Goldeneye mechanics are more new age, where you can aim wherever. It's not tagged to certain portions of the frame. Yeah. Well, to be clear, Perfect Dark its mechanics were better than Goldeneye. But if you're, look, if you're looking at a game like Doom or Wolfenstein from like 1994, <laughs> 95. Those didn't age well. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, so you're GoldenEye's the clear winner here for you. Yeah, I All think right. so. Cool. I, I think I could be convinced of Banjo-Kazooie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What makes Banjo-Kazooie so much better? Just because it's a platformer? Oh, everything about it. I mean... <laughs> it, it, <laughs> 
like literally everything. Golden Eye sucks. Never play this game. Zero out of ten. Literally everything. That's your response. I didn't mean to come across like so like pretentious. Like. God, you you just suck at playing video games. Like who allowed you on this party? Get the hell off. Bring Travis on here. Yes. Like, Travis would agree. Banjo Kazooie is the clear winner here. Executive producer of the show, folks. Banjo Kazooie was the one that you play on Uncharted Four, right? I'm gonna get sick, dude. I can't remember names. What Crash is Bandicoot is the mascot for Sony back in the '90s. Banjo Kazooie is a bear that has a f- freaking no. Okay, I bird in his backpack. Freaking Banjo Kazooie, Crash Bandicoot, the Sly Guy. What is the other one on here? Ratchet and Clank. Jack Ratchet and, and Clank. They're all the same. Get your 3D platformers. <laughs> Except for the raccoon one, the Sly Cooper. That yeah. one's easier. But all the other characters look the same. Dude, get your 3D platformers knowledge up to snuff here, all right? Next match, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> the next match is uh, Super Mario World on the uh, NES. Super Nintendo. Or Super Nintendo. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that just throw you through a loop. Your yeah, brain just like, like melted. <laughs> Error. <laughs> and uh, versus Mario Kart sixty four. Okay. Um. So <laughs> hold on a second. No. It just reminded me of like last week when we took a break, and uh, we didn't have any questions. And, <laughs> and you were like, like Rusty, we yeah. we should think of a question to ask each other. And I just went like cold. You're like, oh, <laughs> like. You look like I just stabbed someone in front of you and you're just seeing death for the first time. (laughs) My face. Like, like the life was leaving your eyes. Yeah, that was really funny. (laughs) We, off camera, off uh, mic, we laughed for like five minutes. Yeah, we were dying. Um, All right, Mario World and Mario Kart. What are the sales Mario World. So, the total sales are 20.61 million. That's insanity. Well, I guess because it was a, a tie pack in game with the Super Nintendo, but. Yeah. And then <coughs> the uh, Mario Kart was 9.87 million. Mm-hmm. Meta score for Super Mario World is 92 and an 8.9. And Mario Kart was 8.3 and 8.7. Nice. Yeah, so. I played a lot of both of these games. Super Mario World, I think, is my clear winner on this one. I I was going back to our first podcast where we talked about the games that we had, like, how we were introduced to games, and I put, like, Barbie Pet Rescue, I think, <laughs> was one of my first ones. On the Game Boy Color. <laughs> yeah, on the Game Boy Color. And um, I totally, like, after the recording that, I totally forgot about Super Mario World. This one is one that we played at my grandma's place. Oh, um, really? She had uh, Super Nintendo, and we used to play, like, all the, super, like, old Mario games. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the ones that we played for hours. This and the one where you get the, like, furry costume, and you can, like... The Tanuki the suit. Leaf. Super Mario Brothers yeah. 3. Mm-hmm. Or the Fireball suit, um, where you get to change your wardrobe. Yeah, so I, I love these games. This is kind of the one of my favorite, like, mindless platformers. Um, it's not a collectathon platformer like you're really into, but it's a solid game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to diminish N64's Mario Kart, but I mean, you can't get over all the friendship destroying matches, getting that's all true. the bananas, um, freaking blue shells. Do they even have blue shells or was that a newer thing? 
I can't remember if blue shells were introduced on 64. It's it's tough. I um, because that's the one that pisses me off the most. You're like right at the finish line, and someone freaking blue shells you. I think it was GameCube. Oh no, it was it was it was the spiny shell is first introduced to Mario Kart 64. Um, yeah. The shell has spikes on it, and it travels along the ground. It's essentially a blue version of the common spiny shell. Have you seen that video of um, Luigi throwing a shell at Mario, and he goes, ha, 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 yeah, it's like and really it like just explosions? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's my favorite. Um, yeah, so Super Mario World. Nice. Um, for me, you know, Mario Kart 64, I'm actually a much bigger fan of Diddy Kong Racing. I mean, I jokingly said that in the beginning, but... I mean, it's it's the better game. Let's just be honest here. Okay. Um, but again, Mario Kart 64 is still a terrific kart racer. And I think really Super Mario Kart, of course, started the series. But I think it was Mario Kart 64 that really solidified uh, the longevity of that series. And now that we have eight games in the series and people are still playing it on the Switch, um, it's just it's just a great game. And musically, it's, it's very memorable. Rainbow Road is such a novel concept and just really really fun and just the character selection i mean you have all your favorite mario characters and you're racing I mean, what could you not like yeah. uh, but for me super mario world is definitely the clear winner as well because um one particular vacation i was 10 years old i think um 10 or tw- like <coughs> between 20, 10 and 12 when we went to florida for the first time and we were just in like a really crappy hotel we drove down there i had my lime green game boy advance sp and I just played this game out the wazoo. I had an action replay, so I got like 99 lives. Mm-hmm. I was always able to have the um, the little yellow cape that allowed you to fly. Yeah. And um, just the opening music's like, dun, 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 and it's just like, dun, 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 dun. you know, it's just so mm-hmm. 16-bit perfection. And to play it portably on the Game Boy Advance was just spectacular, so... Um, yeah, it's one of the best 2D Mario games ever, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And, uh, rightfully makes its place into the next round. Yes. Right. Very much so. What's, what do we got next? So, the next two games are Perfect Dark on the N64. No, 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 wait a second. We've got four. Oh, shit. Four and 13. You're right. Yeah, you're right. So, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo, and you have... Jet Force Gemini on the N64. So, Link to the Past. So, this sold on the Super Nintendo 4.61 million. On the GBA, it sold 2.82 million. And um, on the remaster of the Super Nintendo, it sold 5.28. The remaster of the Super Nintendo, what do you mean? Like, wasn't there a Super Nintendo relaunch? That, like, special console? Oh, the Super Nintendo Classic? Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah, so that's the another $5 million. And then uh, the Gemini sold $1.61 million. So the Link to the Past Metascores are 95, and then 8.9, and then Gemini was 80, and then 8.8. Nice. So if you want to go into yours? Yeah, so Link to the Past, I actually <laughs> did not play... Um, until I actually played it on the Super Nintendo when I was in high school um, because I got one of the kind of clone consoles, the Retron 3, so I was able to play Genesis, NES, and Super Nintendo games. And it wasn't until then that I played this outstanding masterpiece of a game. And again, I think this one, the thing that struck me most was just the colors. Um, The number of colors on screen 
it was just a really beautiful game. And of course, this is more of a your bird's eye view Legend of Zelda games before Ocarina of Time, you know, introduced you to the world of 3D. But um, yeah, I think just like having this light and dark world um, kind of juxtaposition, you know, midway through the game was just a really interesting concept. And for them to be able to pull that off in 1992 or three or whenever that game came out um, yeah. is really just mind boggling. Um, but uh, Jet Force Gemini actually is the winner here because I actually don't have a strong nostalgia attachment to Link to the Past, even though it's definitively usually talked about as being the best Legend of Zelda game. Um, Again, the Super Nintendo, I just don't have a lot of nostalgic fondness for because I didn't even play that library of titles apart from Mario World, of course, on GBA um, until, like, high school and college when I started getting into collecting. Yeah. Um, And Jet Force Gemini, I mean, the N64 was just a a gold mine for Rare. Um, They created just so many terrific titles, and Jet Force Gemini is no exception. Um, I would buy an Xbox One just for a Jet Force Gemini 2. Um, The single player was just like this open world, you know, not open world, but like... It looks like, honey, I shrunk the kids with a bunch of like large ants or like bugs. Basically. That you're fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're going through a very linear pathway and... I I don't know the full premise of it. You have a dog. That's all that matters. Really? Yeah, space dog. I didn't see that part. Mm -hmm. But what really sold me on this game is that I played it to death with um, my buddy's multiplayer. Okay. Because there's a multiplayer component to it. And um, I just remember so fondly playing that at Scott's house. It reminds me of, um, what's that one EA game? There's a three where you make different decisions. And then you can have sex with everyone on your craft. Oh, Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Yeah, basically. This yeah. is the prologue well, of Mass Effect. <laughs> no, it's the same, like, shoot from the hip, like, 3D behind the back mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. No, it looked like a lot of fun. Um, what's that new, the Link game coming out on the Switch? Is that a Link to the Past Remastered, or what is that one called? No, that's Link's Awakening. So that was on the Game Boy, Game Boy Color. Okay, so it's completely different from Link's, Link, Link to, to the, the Past. Past. It is, yeah. So it looks very similar. Like I really enjoyed the um, the top down look of the Zelda games. I didn't really play uh, the Gemini game ever. Mm-hmm. I watched gameplay, probably fifteen minutes of it, um, and went through kind of some of the story. Um, but Link to the Past, it's just that classic gameplay style, and it's was Super Meat Boy. Is that the one where? What's that? Um, it has the same kind of look. It's not Super Meat Boy because that's a sc- side scroller. Um, what do you look? What are you trying to think of? It's the same top-down view. It's not Super Meat Boy. It's one of those really hard ones. Um, I think it's a roguelike. Do you know what I'm talking Binding about? Binding of Isaac. Binding of Isaac. Yeah, the dungeons and the fighting style really remind me of this Link to the Past. Okay, like that newer age. You didn't play the Link Between Worlds in the 3DS, did you? No. That was kind of like the spiritual successor to Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. And that was another really, really great Zelda game, especially because it allowed you to tackle the dungeons in any order you wanted. And you also had this like weirdo little dude who was essentially gave you access to all like the different weapons and stuff. And you kind of like swapped them out and rented them like blockbuster videos. Nice. And um, it, that was just a really great game. It had this cool mechanic where you had kind of become one with the wall. Like you were like kind of like a, a weirdo little picture on the wall that kind of like was able to move through oh, yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, so it made for interesting puzzle solving and 
um, exploring different dungeons and stuff. But yeah, when I actually wrote down for the uh, Gemini, I would have loved to have played that as a kid. That would have been and amazing. It, yeah, and I have it on the N sixty four if we ever wanted to play it. But it's, I don't think you could enjoy it as much today playing it for the first time. Yeah, it'd be much more of like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember being in this particular area and this music is so kind of just eerie and yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's another one that has some really great music as well. Yeah, it's like most of the N sixty four games. Like playing them now is a lot. Like the Ocarina of Time. Yeah, and it'd I, be challenging to go through that library for the first time. Mario 64 aged well, and I really enjoyed that yeah, one. Yeah, it's always, because again, that nostalgia is just timeless. The best. Yeah, so uh, what's our next little set of games here, Ryan? Yeah, so uh, I guess so I cho- chose Link to the Past for that one. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one <coughs> is Perfect Dark on N64 and Diddy Kong Racing. It's like choosing between children. I- there's always a true favorite, mm-hmm. as much as they tell you there isn't. Um, so Perfect Dark is 2.54 million, and Diddy Kong Racing is 4.88 million. Uh, Perfect Dark's meta score was 97, and user score was 8.9. And, and I should say, because Ryan and I haven't been saying, we've been saying the games and the systems, Perfect Dark is a 6 seed, Diddy Kong Racing is 11. Yes. And then... Um, Diddy Kong Racing is a meta score of 88 and 8.4 user score. Nice. Yeah, so for what I chose is Diddy Kong Racing. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't really play much of Perfect Dark um, ever. From what you were describing, it plays a lot like the Resistance games with the really unique weapons. Yeah. Um, which you went on about, like glowing of osmosis orbs on the first episode. <laughs> the far side. That you, yeah, you load into your sniper rifle. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I was watching comparing it to Goldeneye, like I said previously, and it's it's very rigid. It's it reminded the corridors reminded me of that screensaver back on Windows ninety eight where you go into that maze. Oh yeah. It kind of reminded me of that a lot. Okay. Um, but yeah, Diddy Kong Racing is a lot. I, I mean, like you said, compared to Mario Kart, it's just a new set of heroes. I didn't know all the heroes or like the uh, characters that you could play as. Yeah. Like there was like a turtle and then there was like a black turtle or like a... like a, There was a skunk. A skunk. Yeah. Okay. Well, the graphics weren't great. So <laughs> I couldn't could've, tell. Could've, yeah. <laughs> it, whatever. It was, it was, there's like a black piece of Play-Doh over there. <laughs> there's like a green one over there. There's a black giraffe yeah. and like... Yeah, so I I think I enjoyed the Diddy Kong Racing because I actually played that one opposed to uh, Perfect Dark. I just think the, the the music in that game is just so whimsical and charming and just it just brings so much joy to your soul. All the racing games, like all those cartoon like Mario Karts and yeah. yeah. But I think even like I just feel like Diddy Kong Racing was even to the nth degree, you know. Um, well, all the in the Donkey Kong games and everything, they're all super happy. Like, the platformer music is not like a depressing, like, Castlevania kind of thing. Well, there's some pretty dark tunes in D- DK64. We're gonna all die! <laughs> 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 like, oh, jeez. It's a poison banana! <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I Rest in peace, our listener ears. Yeah. Ryan just, like, screamed into the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Travis is, like, probably just... <laughs> <laughs> just like pig squeal scream. Anyone up. driving in their car probably just <laughs> like, like oh. yeah, <laughs> hit a stop sign or <laughs> ran into a stop. Anyways, um, yeah, p- perfect dark all the way here. Um, you know, again, this was 
very challenging. And again, the way I seeded it, I didn't I didn't realize as I was creating this list that um, you know Perfect Dark and, and Diddy Kong Racing would be going up against one another. Right? I would have rather had you know Perfect Dark and Spyro and Diddy Kong and you know whatever. There's you know, some games that are easily throw away. Yeah, and so Perfect Dark for me is just such a sp- Ooh, what happened here? Oh, my my mic just kind of unplugged my my uh my headphones. Um, no, Perfect Dark is just, in my opinion, the best first person shooter I've ever played. Um, and I, I always start off my conversations with music, but I can't help it with Perfect Dark because it is genuinely like perfection. It is one of the best composed first person shooter like soundtracks ever, in my opinion. Not that first person shooter soundtracks. In my mind, are very memorable. Now Halo. That I'm thinking about. Yeah, Halo. You know. Um, hey, did you ever see that video of the people, the guys singing the Halo theme in the bathroom? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't go down the YouTube rabbit hole as much as you do, Ryan. You really, you really should. It's yeah. great. Um, like, it, oh, it's great. No, I love Perfect Dark. To this day, it's always one of my go-to's if I'm having gaming fatigue to just whip up some um, multiplayer action against you know a bunch of uh, meat and turtle sims and venge sims and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, because reasons and you can play through the entire campaign co-op with a friend with a buddy and uh, ryan we should do that sometime yeah you can change my mind yeah no it's it's a great game a lot of fun and uh even at the start of the game when you're at your little computer console you can just walk away and explore this mansion and go to a gun range or a shooting range and test all your weapons out yeah yeah that would be a lot of fun i think most of the n64 would be a fun time to just do a co-op night yeah we can always just now that we can pop it on the big screen, graphically it'll look terrible, but because it's not on a CRT, <laughs> even but, more stretched. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, we could just pop in a bunch of different cartridges. How do then... we put three hundred pixels against like two million pixels? Yeah, the, they're uh, just like this big. They're like an inch <laughs> by inch. I want to see uh, uh, Boris's face and Goldeneye on that nice hot big screen. Mm. <laughs> okay, so no, but Diddy Kong Racing again, outstanding game. One of my favorite games of my childhood. It was criminal to have to choose between these two, but at the end of the day, Perfect Dark is a clear winner for me. So, Ryan, what do we got next? So we have Chrono Trigger on the Super Nintendo, and we have Spyro 2, uh, Ripto Rage. On the PS1, 3 and 14, respectively. (coughs) So in North America, Chrono Trigger sold 2.31 million, and in Japan, it sold 2.03 million, and then it sold 173,000 on the DS. Um, the meta score was 92 and the user score was 9.1. Spyro 2 sold 3.45 million and it had a user score, surprisingly, from what I found, was 76 and a user score of 7.3. Garbage. I thought those were really low. Yeah. Game was like a 9.95. Okay. So um, I guess, did you go first last time or did I? I think I did. You can, well, I think you might have, actually. Maybe. Yeah, I think I did. Go yeah. ahead. Um, Be my guest. Thank you, Ryan. Be uh, our That's exactly guest. what I was Be thinking. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Okay, so, um, you know, I actually have Chrono Trigger here, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think I'm going to switch. Okay. Uh, Chrono Trigger is undoubtedly one of the best... JRPGs of all time. Is it made by the same people who make Dragon Ball Z or that style? Because it Dragon looks... Ball Z. You mean Dragon Quest? No. Okay. So what's it? Yeah, Dragon Quest. Yeah. It's the same art style. So like very spiky hair, very pointy faces. Square. Um, Square Soft 
think because enix and squares and circles and rectangles <laughs> like pentagon tr- <laughs> chrono trigger was made by square Parallelogram. whatever square was back then they made that dragon Rhombus. quest was not made by them i don't think see now you're testing my knowledge and i feel like an idiot that i don't know who created dragon quest i'm checking this out of course, I mean, Yuji Horii is the creator. Um, oh, of course. Like, but... <laughs> that's the first name I thought of. <laughs> uh, but who are the developers? So Square Enix Level 5, Chunsoft, um, Bird Studio, Art Piazza. Bird Studio. Um, publisher. Okay, so yeah, it was Square Enix. We're just going to go with that because cool. now I feel like a moron that I didn't, I couldn't off the top of my head say who. Oh, what a noob. Yeah. Anyways, um... Yeah, again, I don't have the nostalgic fondness for the Super Nintendo as most people do. Um, and I've only played through Chrono, Chrono Trigger once in college on my Nintendo DS, which is, in my opinion, the best way to experience that game. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I could let you borrow it if you wanted to. Uh, the music in Chrono Trigger, it's its undeniable that it's one of the best soundtracks in all of JRPGs and quite possibly video games. And a really interesting, fun, time-traveling, ridiculously weirdo story but you have a lot of great characters in that game you know apart from chrono you have frog as one of your companions and he's just frog yeah and robo and just a a really fun um it just an interesting cast of characters that makes for a really fun adventure okay and it has a weird kind of turn-based just an interesting twist on turn-based combat that i'll leave up to you to eventually play and find out. No, I, I watched some game, probably the first 20 minutes of it. Okay. When I was going through this list this morning. And um, yeah, it looks... It, at first, before it was tur- I realized it was turn-based, it reminded me of the... Uh, I had a Cell Series uh, Dragon Ball Z game on the Game Boy Advance that it really reminded me of, but okay. that's a turn-based. Mm-hmm. Where you did Kamehameha, Kamehameha wave things. Nice. But it... Being the spiky-haired, same kind of artists, really. Yeah, Kira Toriyama did the artwork for these <laughs> characters. Uh, but no, so for me, it, Spyro Two is just a game of my youth, as the yeah. the title of this region implies. And I played that series to death. I still have my original copy on the PS One, and I'm so glad that I still do because it's it's beaten up. It's the the disc is all scratched, and I just love having that because it's it's been played to death, and yeah. the disc is evident of that. And just such a weird idea from Insomniac to have, um, you know, this 3D platformer with your, a dragon as your starring character. Um, but he has so much um, personality to him. And he has, like a, again, a great cast of characters with the cheetah and the penguin and all these people later on in the series that provide him with all these different gadgets and stuff like that. Um, and there's just a number of different weirdo side missions and stuff like that. Like one of my favorite things about this game... I think it was Spyro 2. Maybe it was Year of the Dragon, the third one. Um, but you got to ride a skateboard. And it sounds completely bonkers and nonsensical, but in an age when Tony Hawk was just changing people's lives, yeah, and there was, you know, skater boys and everything. Whatever like, happened to skateboarding? I don't know. It just really kind of went away, like the early 2000s, I feel like. Was it you who sent me the video of um, Tony Hawk teaching his daughter to skateboard? I don't know if I sent that to you, but I did watch that. Okay. Because he wanted her to like go down the pipe or whatever. Yeah, and she was really scared. And eventually she did it you know, with flying colors, of course, because her dad's Tony Hawk. Yeah. Um, what if that's a genetic thing? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, she was probably doing a, like a 900 when she was like seven. <laughs> yeah, she was just X-gaming. Yeah. Like, um, right out the womb. No, Spyro 2 is a great game, and I'm looking forward to eventually getting the Reignited Trilogy um, on PS4. Yeah, so I never played Chrono Trigger. Um 
I also went with Spyro 2, <coughs> the Raptors Rage. Ripto's Rage. Ripto's Rage. Raptors Rage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking bad sci-fi movie, Raptor Rage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a perfect name for it too, Raptor Rage. You just have like these <laughs> raptors with like jetpacks, just like. <laughs> Dude, there there were. Yeah. Or like it was somewhat like those face suckers from Samus. They like leech onto your head and like suck your brains. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was, there's some really crappy sci-fi movies that I've watched. Um, I enjoy, I never had any of the PS1, PS2. I started with PS3. Um, but I have played the Spyro series, um, and having not played Chrono Trigger, um, but not, I'm not a huge fan of the turn-based RPGs. I really like the yeah. live action. Um, the action RPG. Or action, yeah. live action. <laughs> I prefer people, real like, people. I like real people acting out all of my button presses. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, like you're puppeteering people. Yeah. That would be weird. Um, so yeah, I, I chose Spiral. I will eventually as well, if not one of us getting that remastered version and playing through them all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it was what, 40 bucks. So it'll eventually come down. Yeah. I'll it's like, it. I'd, I'd love to pick that up for 20, you know? Yeah. I think 20 is more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I went with Spyro as well. It's just, it's, it was an interesting concept. I think my favorite Spyro was Fire and Ice oh, on the Game Boy Advance. Really? You played some of those? Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. I got to a point, the camera was weird, really weird with jumping, though, for the displaying height. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I totally got this. And then you realize it's three pixels up. And you're like, I totally don't got this. <laughs> but I got really far in that yeah. game. I don't know if I ever beat it because I ran into that problem. Um, but yeah. One Spyro game that I always wanted to play because it had a, a somewhat of a different art style was A Hero's Tale on the PS2 and GameCube. Um, that's a game I might, maybe it was Enter the Dragonfly. Maybe both of them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about right now. So. Yeah. I, there was just a whole slew of Spyro games that released subsequent to Insomniac no longer making them, and they kind of just went downhill. But in any case, Ryan, what's our next battle? So I know oh. your answer for this next one, and I probably... This is... Okay, so I guess... I'm having like a coffee hiccup. <laughs> um, so Final Fantasy Nine for PS1. Seed 7. Yeah, Seed 7, and Donkey Kong 64. So Final Fantasy sold 6.5 million, had a meta score of 94 and a user score of 9.1, and Donkey Kong sold 5.27 million and had a meta score of 90 and 8.6. So Final Fantasy 9 is the one of the ones they're remastering, correct? No, 7 is what they're remastering. Balls. So aren't they are they remastering 9? No, you can get on the PS4 as a downloadable copy okay. with with, a, with trophy support and everything. I was watching... The, is that remastered at all? Or is it just the original? No, that's just the OG amazingness of Final Fantasy IX. I was watching the graphics for this, and it looks amazing. Even the, for... like The, the cutscenes? The cutscenes are, are... Holy cow. Yeah, it's it came out in 2000. Yeah. 19 years ago, boy. Square Enix, the, as far as graphics go, are freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, I will want to play through that one. I'm guessing that's the one you went with. There's no way that you chose Donkey Kong 64 over Final Fantasy. Um, We're finally back to kicks. No, of course Donkey Kong 64 won. Really? Hell yeah. I'm surprised because you keep going on. Or was it Final Fantasy 7 that you go on about? No. Or is it 8? Final Fantasy 7 can eat a... 
So nine's your favorite. Hell yeah. Really? And you chose Donkey Kong 64? Dude, have you played Donkey Kong 64? Oh, I have. No, that was one of the ones. There was um, Donkey Kong 64 and this like racing game that we played the cousins. So at uh, Sarah, Stephen, and Lindsay's place. Wait a second. You played, there's a racing component in Donkey Kong 64? No, 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 it's a, it's a different game. Okay. But you're like, I missed that? No, I know what you're talking about. That's why I was like, with Lanky Kong, there's a there's a moment in the game where you're doing... No, so we, we played through that, like collecting all the bananas and all the things and jumping around and just being DK. Um, it's such... I, I, I was watching the intro and it was like the DJ intro with the walnuts, peanuts, coconut smell or whatever. I want to question Grant Kirkhope about him him writing that song. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely he would, chose he would, he would Here we go. If you want to bring up that song. <laughs> yeah, I chose Donkey Kong 64. Um, I haven't been able to sit through any Final Fantasies, so um, I will eventually. Is that? It's turn-based, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. What's up? It was on a melee stage. Was it the uh, waterfall one where it played that song, or was it the DK house one? I don't know because I know they played that on one of the DK songs, and yeah. I used to just play that song forever because I love that song so much. You know what? Some listeners may laugh at me and scoff at me that I chose Donkey Kong sixty four over Final Fantasy nine, but man, the memories that I have playing DK sixty four, and I, again, I didn't play Final Fantasy nine until I was in college. It was a college or high school. I played it one summer. I think it was like maybe my senior year of high school, going into college, I played it and, and fell in love with the game. It's it's amazing the characters, the almost Disney like aesthetic to it versus your Final Fantasy sevens and and eights. Um, mm-hmm. It had much more childlike charm to it, which I loved, of course, being the Disney fan that I am. Um, Zidane, Vivi, uh, Steiner, just the whole cast was just terrific. Great story, and I, I fell in love with it. The soundtrack's amazing, but Donkey Kong sixty four when I was playing through that again um late last year or early this year both um just the memories that i have of like walking out onto dk isle and that very calming music playing and going into the the frantic factory and um you know seeing these giant beavers walking around and just all the the subtle nods to the donkey kong country games is just now i'm able to kind of recognize and it's just so perfect for me as far as um 3D collectathons go, and it's it's probably got more collectibles than any 3D yeah. platformer that I've ever played. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've yet to finish. I'm like on the second to last world. I need to get get on that before the end of the year, of course. Um, but I'm just hoping because I have the the records, the vinyls for Perfect Dark and Banjo Kazooie. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping I am Eight Bit who who designs and publishes those yeah. those records for games. I hope they do Donkey Kong 64. I don't think they will because they already did Perfect Dark and Banjo. But oh my gosh, I'd be all over that if they ended up putting that out because it's it's just a, an outstanding soundtrack and it's just such a wacky and fun game that you have five Kongs that you can go through the level and each one has different abilities that require you to, you know, walk up this like little thing with Lanky Kong. He's like, pop, pop, pop. He gets on his like giant arms and he's like yeah. walking up these steep hills or whatever. And, you know, um, it's just, I don't know. I just love that they were able to pull off a game that um, has five distinct 
characters, each with unique abilities, and each one that's just so fun to play as. Yeah. It's just such it a was fun a, game. It was a great game, for sure. So, faux show. Faux show. Hi, Ryan. Um, All right, the last of the, uh, what is our title? The Days of Our Youth. Mm. Mm. Oh. <laughs> uh, not the genre to be using that noise. So, the next, the last one is Super Mario 64, which I have labeled as The Bee's Knees. Nice. <laughs> my, and then um, Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mario 64 sold 11.91 million copies, um, had surprisingly a low Metacritic score of 83 and hmm. 8.7 for user score. And Donkey Kong Country sold 9.3 million on the Super Nintendo. Um, it sold 2.1 or 19 million on the Game Boy Color and 1.82 million on the Game Boy Advance. So that one had a meta score of 78 and a user score of 8.8. Nice. I think this is an easy choice. Easy. Donkey Kong. Mario 64, yeah, for sure. Um, I think this is one of the most iconic games ever. Yeah, I dare I say it. No, I think you're right. Um, it's it really was kind of the start of a 3D platforming craze. Um, it brought Mario into whatever century it was in. Twenty first. You look like a cat like scratching the wall over there. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting fidgety with my arms, and I can only drink so much coffee before I start like. <gasps> like it's like caffeine overdose over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So, uh, I, was, I just warping into all those portals and the the diversity between each one of the portraits. Um, they took everything that was unique from the old two D platformers on Mario and made it three D. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess some of the angles are rough, like flipping the 3D camera. And they've definitely improved over the, like, 9 million Mario games. But it was amazing. Yeah, no, it really was. I mean, that first moment when you walk up to the castle and you go into the first portrait and it's like... And then it just plays that classic, like... And it's just the classic Mario Brothers song. In this 3D environment, I mean, it's just almost overwhelming to yeah. take it all in and just explore this giant world with these Goombas that are three-dimensional. You know, they've come to life, and what they were able to accomplish, it just changed video games forever, really. Um, I think both, especially for it being a launch title with the N64, um, I mean, just as much as Zelda changed, you know, 3D adventure games, Mario 64 just changed... I mean, it, I think it's so influential for many games today, even for people that, um, even for genres of games that are completely unrelated, I'm sure the developer for God of War on PS4 played Super Mario 64. Yeah. And was equally wowed when he played it. No, it, it's crazy how many classics or great games and iconic games came from the N64. Mm-hmm. Like, we have, on these new generations, I'm sure down the line, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, did you play God of War for whatever new one but it's not going to be as iconic and as revolutionary to video games as a whole as those original n64 games yeah because we wouldn't have a game like god of war if it wasn't for um you know donkey kong 64 
<laughs> I mean, I remember when Mario got his Leviathan axe and he just plunged it into the skull of Bowser. I mean, <laughs> I mean who to gain the peach. Who doesn't <laughs> like, remember that? Yeah. Um, I mean, basically, God of War is Mario 64. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You'll get there, Travis. Just wait till the credits roll. Yeah. All right, so... I, mean, I remember when Mario went to hell and had to <laughs> ride a boat out. Yeah. Um, and then, then he got the Blades of Chaos and just tore through hordes of Goombas. Yeah. Everyone remembers that. Good times. <laughs> Good times. Rated E for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't want to diminish, again, Don- I don't want to completely overwrite Donkey no, Kong Country. No. It's it's also, like, a very, it's just an outstanding 2D platformer. The music, if you, like, want to fall asleep, um, and I mean this in the yeah. best of ways. If you want to be bored to all hell and be put to sleep. <laughs> no, but Donkey Kong Country, like, one of my go-to soundtracks at work is just relaxing Donkey Kong Country music. Some of the best. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you saw me playing it on the Super Nintendo Classic when I was at my dad's that one time. Yeah. Uh, a couple of months ago when I was, like, house-sitting. Um great game great game no it is um i've played a bit of it mostly on the game boy color um but it's it's hard to go up against the mario 64 i mean it's a two-seat bird it's just a 15 seat you're you kind of screwed donkey yeah. kong so yeah so ryan we're, do we want to get into our second round we're running into a dilemma here we're an hour and 40 minutes into the show it's 3 30 and we have not even made it to the second round of the first region <laughs> I know, I'm looking at the time, like, 3.30, I was like, I have leg day at 4.30, what am I going to do? And I also have two emails of someone, like, Travis wrote a significant amount of information, and then Blink, uh, okay. a frequent listener. We, we need to come to, how are we going to do this? Because it's going to be like, here's a six-hour episode of Otaku <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> I think what we need to do is save the listener mail until the end. Because if yeah, we're going like to just... get through the entire... Because if we're just doing a... Th- uh, the final four for the third episode, because um, we're gonna try and we're gonna try and pack all this into three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the third one. Ha- I, yeah, I think it's best if we do all the mail at the end, and we can go through all because of the I choices. Because I haven't read the mail yet, and I want to make sure that those decisions have no influence on my decisions. Yeah, when they start ripping on Ocarina of Time, you're like, oh, I finally realize it sucks. No, that's not good. Even though I've chosen it to win. (laughs) It actually loses pretty quick, so don't worry. I have it going all the way to the... uh... So, let's get it... Yeah, let's just do the um, user mail on episode three, Mm -hmm. and we'll go through our choices. This one for the left-hand side, next-hand side, next-hand side? Next episode, we'll go (laughs) through the right-hand side. And then we'll yeah. All right, let's 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 try and push through the first region so that we can take. A All right, break. here's my choices for the next six rounds. <laughs> <laughs> Power hour. Let's do this, bitch. <laughs> uh, we also okay. probably should save the podcast after eventually, so we don't lose like an hour and a half of recording. Yeah, we'll we'll stop after days of our youth. Okay, that works. Um, so Ryan, second round. We already have all the the statistics. So out we of the have way. yeah. So. I have Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time versus Goldeneye, and you have Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time versus Banjo-Kazooie. I do. And what I chose was Ocarina of Time. Whoa. <laughs> I know. I was like, dude, he's going to be shocked. I have it losing to Banjo-Kazooie. To Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, no, I have it I have it winning to, well, to versus Goldeneye. I mean. I, I it, pick Goldeneye. Really? Oh yeah, okay. I, I, time, you know, Travis, the bastard. He he pointed he like kind of planted this seed in my mind that like 
Ocarina of Time was great for its time, and it still is great, but when you have played Breath of the Wild, it oh, pales in comparison. Why do you listen to Travis and not me? Why do you look at me during? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dry heaving over here. Oh, gosh. It hurts. It hurts, folks. <laughs> All right, we got to get back on the podcast okay. here. So, yeah, shit, our things are so different now. Oh, man. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Ocarina of Time, I, I can see Banjo-Kazooie. I, the problem is, I didn't play Banjo-Kazooie and Goldeneye as much as Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Like, I fully beat Ocarina of Time and did all the side quests and got, like, his master master sword, like, his broadsword. So, yeah, I have that winning. Okay, um... Yeah, Banjo Kazooie is clear winner here. Okay. No, I, I just I think looking back, I'd probably have more fun going through Banjo Kazooie just probably because I'm in this collectathon like craze right now, especially playing through Ukulele last year, just completely falling in love with that game. It just reminded me so much of of how much I miss that genre. Yeah. You know, like the 3D collectathon. Well, I know you went on a rant of like why aren't there more platformers and stuff on this generation? Which, you know, there are a lot more, you know, kind of diamonds in the rough. You know, when you go through the PSN store. Yeah, like that one boy. three poi, like, yeah, $3 poi movie. Yeah, game. <laughs> game. <laughs> um, My wife is missing. Let's go find some coins. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Random guy on a ship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, you're just chilling in like the land. He's like, hey, my wife's missing. You want to gather some like emblems yeah and then you have a fleet of like these ships with these random people asking for coins yeah i mean that's kind of how all, all 3d platformers begin that's true um yeah so no i think for me especially after i play breath of the wild i'm gonna much rather want to go back and play a game like banjo kazooie than i would um ocarina of time because even when i played ukulele i like went and played dk64 almost immediately because i was just like i want more of this no, I totally agree. Um, Breath of the Wild is it makes everything Link or Zelda related inferior. Yeah, like immediately because it has that really challenging, like no bullshit kind of approach. We'll get into that. We'll have plenty of conversations about Breath of the Wild here. But, yeah. Um, so right. you have Ocarina of Time moving on. All right. So the next round for me is Super Mario World Five Seed versus Jet Gemini. Force Gemini Thirteen Seed, and for me. As much as I love Jet Force, I got to hand it over to Super Mario World. Yeah, I have Mario World versus Link to the Past, and it's it's a clear winner with Super Mario World. And again, it's I think just, just a lot of that is just time and place, you yeah. know, and when we play. I mean, you didn't even play Link to the Past. I played it a little bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but I um, never got super into it. Um, I like the style more so than I did have nostalgic memories, but playing with my grandma on Mario is going to trump any, like, four or five hour playthrough of a link to the past yeah all right so yeah the next one is diddy kong you have perfect dark versus spyro right and i have diddy kong racing versus spyro yep and i have diddy kong racing winning and i'm good choice yeah good choice so i i played more diddy kong racing than i did spyro i would have picked the same honestly yeah it's i mean i didn't play pick mario kart it's just those types of games are a lot of fun um a lot of good memories playing 
in like a group setting. And I think that's what those are meant to have is to play with your friends, have a couple drinks and just cry and ha- laugh and lose friends and have people rage quit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was if actually- you're not losing one friend per round of Mario Kart, you're not, you're not doing, doing it right. That's right. Um, Perfect Dark. Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, nothing is going <coughs> to compare to that really, as you'll hear, see here shortly. Um, and there's no way Spyro's putting out Joanna's Flame. All right, what is your next uh, round here, Ryan? I have, this is a tough matchup, Diddy Kong 64 versus Super Mario 64. Um, For me, that's easy. I had Super Mario 64. Yeah, Yeah. so I had Super Mario 64 and Donkey Kong 64. Um, They're both great games, but... Donkey Kong 64 won for me. You should have let me finish that sentence. I thought you said Mario 64. No, I said I had Mario 64 and Donkey Kong 64. But yeah. D- really? DK. Donkey. Yeah. No, just, yep. Donkey Kong is more iconic for you. You have Mario and then you have DK, Lanky, Diddy, Funky, Chunky. Uh, <laughs> I'm losing all the names now. There's so many. And they all names. like sound the same. Um, Tiny Kong, yeah. It's, I think it's Chunky. There is a Funky Kong, but that, that's a different Kong. No, I, um, Donkey Kong is a lot of fun, but it's, uh, I just played so much. Like, I've, on so many different consoles, what, two or three consoles? Mm-hmm. I've beaten that game so many times that it's probably one of my favorite. I didn't have it on my top ten. You definitely did. I think it was, like, your top three. Um, yeah, I can't remember if I have Galaxy up in my top or Super Mario 64. No, it was 64. You never put Galaxy in there. Okay. We need to do another top 10 video game list. Because, yeah. like, of we'll all do that at the end of this year. Because no, I think my numbers have already changed. Yeah, I know mine have. Um, ukulele, so. beating Kingdom Hearts. Okay, so let's see here. Easily. Um, so Who now wants a heart moon? I have um, Banjo-Kazooie versus Super Mario World. Okay, I have Ocarina of Time versus Super Mario World. And, and Super Mario World. Okay, thankfully. Wow. Faux show. I was going to say, dude. You think Ocarina is going to get it? Like, if you were to put any other 64 game, like if you were to put the original Smash Bros. versus Ocarina of Time, or, yeah, that would have easy, easily crushed Ocarina of Time. Yeah. It's just... I didn't play much of the other ones. Mm-hmm. And as much as a shit on the Ocarina of Time, which is sometimes rightfully due. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Super Mario. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie beat Super Mario? Yeah. Really? Dude, I worship an N64 console before I go to bed every single night. Ha ha ha. No, de- definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so true. You have like a rosemary with like a banjo kazooie figure on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, uh, it's definitely one of my favorite. If, you know, and the more I think about it, I don't. Oh gosh, the PS2, it's probably my favorite console, but the N64 comes so close. Yeah, I don't know what mine. Like, I've played more games now than I did way back in the day. I'm sorry. I know, right? I'm definitely the fault there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. I mean, just just think of the past, since we started the podcast, how many games you've played. Not close to what you've played. Well, clearly, you'll get to my level never. But, like, I mean, just as a result of conversations that we've had, like, Nino Kuni, Poi, um, 
the Wolfenstein oh, games. Oh, two games. <laughs> it's tough when you're like on, on the spot here thinking about it. But I would say quite a bit of your PS4 library is because of me. Yeah, that one scary game we played through for Halloween. Yeah, Until Dawn. Yeah. And you killed off everyone. <laughs> and I'm planting all these seeds that you want to like go back and play like Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoon is. Yeah. Which we'll talk about. We will. Yeah. Um, so I guess the next one it, for me is Diddy Kong Racing versus um, Super Mario 64. Okay. So I chose Super Mario 64. So I've got a two Mario show off between Mario World and uh, Mario 64. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So for me, it is Perfect Dark and DK64. Um, we have to put the DK rap to rest because okay. Joanna Dark moves on. Really? Perfect Dark moves on to the next round against Banjo-Kazooie. That's going to be tough for you. It is very challenging. <laughs> yeah, you're, you should see the, like the, oh no. Yeah, well because I, I literally have these soundtracks on vinyl sitting beneath the table here. Unsigned. because I'm lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so I guess now that we have our final two. I'm going to predict for you and you can predict for me. I'm gonna, I think Super Mario 64 is the winner here. Okay, which we'll, we'll come back in the third episode and tell our choices because we're in the no so we'll semifinals. Do, we're doing the elite eight now. It's the final four that we're waiting for the third episode. Oh, okay. Because we want. Oh, know, I didn't even choose. We want to know the four games from all four quadrants, and that's when we'll debate that in the fourth episode, or the third episode. Okay, so we have one more choice. Shit, I didn't do that for the next one. Oh, I don't want to influence your decision since I predicted. No, uh, shit, I didn't know we had to think about this. Uh, I would say probably Mario World. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Whenever I want a platformer, going back to the original 2D, like super nostalgic, um, I always go back to like Mario World or the classic 2D side scrolling Marios. Mm-hmm. Um, as great as Super Mario 64 is, it's just, it's so relaxing just to do two dimensions. Yeah. And just to jump over Goombas and hit a question mark and not have to worry about, like, some weird camera stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, Super Mario World for me. Wow. Okay. Fair and enough. then for you, hmm, I'm thinking Banjo-Kazooie. I think, I think it's going to beat Perfect Dark. What's it say right here? What number is this? Six. Which is what game? Um, Perfect Dark? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, for all the reasons I spoke about. I mean, it's, it's in my It's top. just the best game of all time. Uh, just because everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, no, I, I mean, it's it's among my top ten games of all time. I think it, it is number ten, if I remember correctly. or maybe even It is bit, ten. A little bit higher. Uh, you, what, you have it written down or something? No, I remember. Okay. Because that's the one where you were talking about all the gun types. Oh, and that's I right. Said you never played Resistance. Yeah. And you said, that's cool, but this is great. Yeah. So shut up. Basically. And I just didn't want to argue. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were so innocent back then. No, I, I was so ready to argue with you. But yeah. you had I couldn't argue because you never played Resistance. Yeah. I know that I have. You're still wrong. Uh, but no, so... I mean, I'm holding my tongue this time. Too. I know, I know. <laughs> um, no, on any other given day, again, maybe I need to play Banjo Kazooie again because I, it's been years since I've played it. Um, but Perfect Dark, I play 
at least once a month. Yeah. I go back and you know and I pop how, it. How in. close are you to the ten thousand oh kills? Gosh. I think I'm rank eleven, maybe twelve. God, it would dude, it would take like at least a hundred hours, I think. Yeah, it means you're not committed and you <laughs> hate perfect dark, is what you're saying. No, no. You've sunk how many hours in like a week into Nino Kuni and you're saying perfect dark? Is but, so great, but Nino Cooney's because of everything. Nino Cooney is new and fresh. Okay, it's it's a, an experience unlike. Really, You're just dropping the old models for the new ones. Yeah, no, but perfect. Four. <laughs> uh, I like how much you make yourself laugh. I know podcast. it's great, but no, Donkey Kong's Donkey Kong sixty four. <laughs> um, now I'm all, I'm all jumbled up in the head up there. Uh, perfect Dark wins. It's just it's the definitive winner for me. I love both games. Again, that's in no way saying that Banjo isn't an outstanding title. I mean, it beat out Ocarina, it's Super Mario World, Mario 64, Goldeneye. I mean, it, it beat out all of those other games. So it's yeah. clearly a gem in my book. But Perfect Dark is just, it's on another level for me. It's a gem in my eye. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a struggle. Yeah, it was. All right. So uh, I guess now we are on to round two, six hours in. Entering the new millennium. Oh, boy. Ryan. Sup? We need to uh, speed things up a bit. Yes. Because you have leg day with Padre in an hour. Yeah. So. I might have to downgrade that to arm day. We are, um, yeah, it sounds good. Laura and I are going to get ice cream for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> along, the, along the same lines. Basically. So. <laughs> All right. So entering the new millennium, PC, PS2, Xbox, and GameCube. This was basically some of the best times of my life playing video games because it was that transition between, like, a little child me and, like, <laughs> having somewhat of responsibility with school, but not so much that I couldn't pump, like, you know, 15 hours a day playing uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee. That is true. So, uh, Ryan. Yes. What do we got the first round here? First round is Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker, and we have Jack and Daxter. So... For the sales for Legend of Zelda, we have 4.43 million on the GameCube and 2.28 million on the Wii U. <coughs> and Jack and Dexter, we have 3.64 million. Metascore for Zelda was 96 wow. and 8.9. And for Jack and Dexter, it was 90 and 8.8. Wow, 90, really? Naughty yeah. Dog, they're always uh, giving it their all. Yeah. So, Ryan, what did you choose here? See, I haven't played much of either of these. Um, I did play a little bit more of Wind Waker, because obviously I didn't have a PS2, which was Jack and Daxter. I'm sure watching through Jack and Daxter, I would have chosen that if I had a PS2. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm kind of pigeonholed into Wind Waker, mm -hmm. and I don't think I can... I don't know how the rules work, but I can't choose something because I've never played it or played much of it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, this is one I'm switching on the fly, actually. I have Wind Waker because it's visually just a stunning game. Musically, it's beautiful. It's just it's it's a masterpiece, really. Um, I haven't played enough of it though to say that it's definitively better because, again, like Jack and Daxter, that was, I think, quite literally the first PS2 game I ever got. Mm -hmm. um, and then replaying it again last year on the PS4 was just. It was still just such a blast to play through. Because I didn't know Daxter used to be like a human thing, and he turned into a uh, a ferret, 
when he went into that like dark pool of purple. And doesn't it happen to everyone when they go into dark pools of purple? See, I just got a weird pigment to my skin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe next time, but yeah. Um, no, I, I absolutely love Jack and Daxter, and for for similar reasons that I do the other, you know, the three D collective plot. But gosh, my Ryan, I can't form. You are struggling today. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, for very similar reasons that I enjoy my 3D collectathon platformers, um, in Naughty Dog, for them, the transitions that they had over the years between Crash Bandicoot to Dra- Jack and Daxter to Uncharted and Last of Us is just they, they've kind of dipped their toes into so many different genres, and never once have they um, let made, us down. Yeah, let us down. So yeah, I love the dynamic between Jack and Daxter. Like mm-hmm. the the banter between them is amazing. Yeah, and it's very much like Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, just a lot of really funny humor. And, and of course, Clank is very, he's a robot, so he comes across as very robotic. But um, Daxter is just this, like, just really has these great one-liners. Mm-hmm. He's a great little companion. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I really love my time playing through Jack and Daxter last year. Beautiful environments. Um, I think even today the game still looks really good. And, um yeah, I'm sorry, Legend of Zelda fans, but it's going to have to be Wind Waker for me. Yeah, it looks... I mean, Breath of the Wild reminds me very much so of the same style as Wind Waker. Yeah. Um, which is a good thing, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, so I guess the next round is Grand Theft Auto 3 on the PS2 versus Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic on Xbox. And I'm curious to hear what um, the sales figures were for Grand Theft Auto. Again, these are seeds 8 and 9, <coughs> respectively, here. 14.5 million for Grand Theft Auto 3. Okay. Um, sitting at a 97 Metascore and 8.4. And then Knights of the Old Republic, 3.2 and um, 94 and 9. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you want to go? Sure. Uh, for me, Grand Theft Auto here is the clear winner, um, which may surprise people that are huge fans of Star Wars. But again, this is a game that I didn't play enough of. It was the first game I had for Xbox, but. I was really not into that Bioware Mass Effect style of gameplay because it was very slow, mm-hmm. and I was expecting to have a lightsaber and just going around whacking people, and that was not the case. It no. was a little bit more of a slower grind, a lot of dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. You had you know options in your dialogue choices and stuff like that, and that wasn't what I was expecting from that. So I maybe played that game for five to ten hours and shelved it for your Halos and your, your Splinter Cells games. and stuff like that. Um you freaking millennial. You yeah, exactly. Your lack of patience. Yeah, it's, that's pretty true. <laughs> um, but then I went on to love the Mass Effect series. So I'm, and I have a copy of both KOTOR 1 and 2 mm-hmm. on, on Xbox. So I just need to pop those suckers in and, and see what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so I guess I didn't play Grand Theft Auto 3. I played Vice City, the, what, the PSP versions. So the, Liberty Vi- City Stories and then Vice City Stories. Yeah, so I beat both of those. Okay. And I very much, like, looking back, I played Grand Theft Auto Five, right? The newest one? Is that 4 or 5? Five? 5's the newest one. So I played that one because Ryan gave me his copy. Mm-hmm. And the one thing From I... From, like, the future? Like, how did this work? What? You just said Ryan gave me, my, gave me a copy of... Yeah, gave can be past tense. No, yeah, I know, but like Ryan, who? Let's look. Let's, let's, My let's, boss. Yeah. Okay. What's up, Ryan? Other Ryan. Ryan too. <laughs> the lesser Ryan is what I've named him on my emails. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that. Yeah, it's a good thing he's not your boss anymore. Group emails, like when we're on the same. I was like, okay, so lesser Ryan, mm-hmm. lesser Ryan son. Um, <laughs> he gave me his copy, 
and I played through it, and I, I want to say, as great as graphics increasing are, the nostalgia of having, like, the old, like, Grand Theft Auto 3 or the Liberty Cities, like, that style or retro-y look. Super blurry and kind of... <laughs> yeah, it's great! Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Um... But I played a lot of the Knights of the Old Republic. Like, I beat the first one, and I played through some of the second until I got stuck mm-hmm. on one of the boss fights. Were you a Sith, I'm assuming? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I got stuck on Malak, one of the battles in the second one. But I, I really enjoyed it. Anything Star Wars that is quality, I can get behind. So um, getting a, being able to choose my class and how I want to customize my character was really a lot of fun. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great choice. I mean, for, going back for me for Grand Theft Auto 3 and kind of why I chose that. Um, it was a great game. And I think very much like Ocarina of Time and Mario 64 when you're in these very open environments and it being 3D, Grand Theft Auto 3 was, I think, the first game of the PS2, Xbox, GameCube generation that really blew the minds of the public and even the video game industry. Yeah, They couldn't believe that these environments were so fleshed out in, in real time you're interacting with this this world. People driving cars. There were stoplights. There was running over hookers. Yeah, well, shooting Italians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that became a little bit of a crazy thing. And, and honestly, when I was younger, as as terrible as it was, thankfully I had parents that taught me right from wrong. You know, it, it didn't. <laughs> That's not what you do now. <laughs> it didn't influence my day to day driving habits. Yeah, exactly. Um, I never got past the. Uh, my temp license because I started hitting people when I was (laughs) driving with a cop from the DMV. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it was just a really revolutionary game and it was, it was so addicting to just essentially get to the point where you had like the Navy coming in or like the military with like tanks because you were just wrecking havoc and, you know, killing civilians with a tank that you spawned by pressing up, down, left, right, X circle, R2, L2. I mean, like I literally start select up down square sell this minus this. So I literally I went to gamewinners.com, I think is what it was, and I cheat cc cheatcodecentral.com. Yeah, so well, there was the inferior version as well, Whoa. and I would just print like five pages of cheat codes for Grand Theft Auto. So I'd do like I wanted to make sure it was a clear sunny day because I don't want rain. I don't want that influencing my sniper bullets. Yeah. You know, I'd get full ammo. I get I get a nice tank, maybe a, a banshee if I was you know, on the run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just go nuts. And, yeah. And it, my friends would do that. And very much like Dark Souls now, it's like until you die, you, you swap the controller with your friend. Then it was like wreck havoc for as long as you possibly can until they call like Sarge's army heroes to come in and just destroy you. G.I. Joe's. <laughs> you know, like they spawn like cyborgs that come out of the sky. No, that's, yeah. That's kind of what I do in Skyrim. I don't spawn tanks, though I could on the PC. And just go through and murder a town, and then you die, and then you reload your save. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good yeah, fun. Yeah, so good fun. Yeah, for sure. And the PSP games, I agree, were really fun. Oh, so yeah. I did as well. But um, Grand Theft Auto, a little PSA here, Chinatown Wars on the DS and PSP is the best Grand Theft Auto game. Is it? It is. Huh. Never heard of it. Moving along, next round. <laughs> next one is a game that no one's really heard of. Underground it, indie hit. Yeah, it's... Um, it's Halo Combat Evolved on Xbox, um, sold a few copies, and then The Sims on PC. So Halo sold 6.43 million copies, and The Sims, the first one, sold 11 million copies, which is quite...
quite a few. Yeah. Um, Halo had a Metacritic score of 97 and a user score of 8.6. And The Sims had 92 and 7.9. This is back when EA didn't sell their souls for microtransactions. That's right. They became a part of the Illuminati. So you didn't have to buy like a cat collar with like three bucks of real dollars. Mm-hmm. You could just like take a ladder when someone was in a pool and drowned kids. Yeah. You ever do that? All the time. Yeah, me too. Good time. Fridays. Mm-hmm. See, I usually do it on Tuesday because the weather's better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're sick people. What, what is your pick here, Ryan? I did not play The Sims as much as I did Halo. Like, the original Halo, Master Chief, punching grunts in the face, like, invisible elites, trying to understand this new character. Master Chief is such an iconic character. Um, and they kind of set a standard for online play, the shooter mechanics, and I mean, if throwing a sticky grenade across the map and just sticking someone was such a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oh, what was that blood gulch with the the tanks? Oh, that was so much fun. I don't I don't really remember that. It was a multiplayer map. Oh. Where there was just two bases on each side on the original one. Oh, and, and they were pretty... F- do you remember Red versus Blue? Like, all those... I never watched any of that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, never got yeah. into it. Yeah, I went with Halo. Nice. Um, so, yeah, when I got my original Xbox, I got it secondhand at a GameStop. I picked up um, the system, Halo, um, KOTOR, and then NCAA Football 2005. And uh, eventually, like I was saying, I played KOTOR quite a bit and then shelved it for Halo. And my memories playing Halo are very much like other people's. It's just, it's unforgettable kind of what that game was. I mean, I, I didn't have like, you know, your, your, um, I didn't have like four consoles in the same room and we were hooking up to the internet and playing no. online. I didn't do anything like that. Uh, but just having your buddies over and playing through Legendary um, side by side was just really, really fun. And even just multiplayer um, with your friends was just great. Um, but I actually did choose The Sims because... I was a huge Sims player. I remember really? distinctly um, just spamming the Rosebud cheat code and just building just these ridiculous mansions. Okay. Um, and yeah, I just I it was just really my um, my go to calming game. You know, yeah. like I could put on headphones and just listen to the music and and the soundtrack. Actually, when I was studying for the CPA exam, was one of near the end of my last exam one of the exams uh, or one of the soundtracks I went to most because it's very just like elevator, soothing, calming music. Okay. Even at work sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll pull that sucker up and listen so to So where it. does The Sims versus Animal Crossing fall? Well, it's an interesting question. They're both somewhat along the con- same concept. So Animal Crossing I didn't play until I got New Leaf and it was actually um, Jake who was someone that I met um, online. No, I, I met him when I was in my internship at that place Okay, where I ended up meeting Travis because yeah. I met Travis through Jake. Oh, that place. No, yeah. <laughs> and um, Erebor. And so then... In the dungeons of Erebor. <laughs> so uh, I just remember watching Wreck-It Ralph one night and I was playing Jake's 3DS. I was, he was letting me try out Animal Crossing and uh, Travis came in with, with his now wife and um, it was, just, I don't know, it was a fun... We were reminiscing about it when I, we went up and visited them. Yeah. Lauren and I, but so what is your, but so my, my, my point in all of that too long didn't read here is that, um, I only played new leaf. Um, I never played city folk or, 
um, Wild the World. Game Boy, or the GameCube one. Yeah, the GameCube, the Wii. Get some red snappers for 3,000 bells. No, see, I didn't play it. And, and it was weird because I... New Leaf was like a drug. I mean, I played it like 30 hours. Oh, you're injecting that shit. In like one week. Like, yeah. my, it was my play Easily. time. And, and then after that, I just like stopped cold turkey. Look at you overdose. Yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, I just stopped playing and I never really went back to it. Which is unfortunate, but I just... I'm, I'm... Hopefully they release another one. Oh, it's inevitably coming out for the Switch. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so I guess The Sims is your answer? Probably. Long story short. Because it's something that I could go back to, and it's my... My, uh... The people that lived in the house that I created aren't, like, dead, and there isn't, like, the weeds, weeds everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't, yeah. have, I don't have to backtrack and upkeep. It's more just like, oh, hey, Russ, we haven't seen you in seven and a half years. Good to see you back. Yeah, the entire town has every freaking square as weeds. And I never played a subsequent Sims game, unless it was the herbs when my mom, like, took my Game Boy Advance away or whatever. <laughs> I do remember that. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, no, Sims 1 was where it was at. I tried playing Sims 2, and graphically it looked different, the mechanics. It was just, I didn't want anything to do with it. So, yeah. Sims is my choice. Okay, cool. What's the next round here? So, the next one? round, um, I think this is a clear winner for everyone who's a good gamer. Um, Super Mario Smash Bros. Melee on GameCube. Mario wasn't really in the title, but that's... What did I say? Super Mario Brothers (laughs) Smash (laughs) Melee. Oh, God. I had too much coffee at this point. Super Smash Bros. Melee. Jeez. And um, Guitar Hero, the first one. So Um, four and 13 seeds. Yeah, so Smash Bros. Melee had 7 million um, it was a meta score of 92 and 9.1. Wait, how many copies did it have? Did it sell? 7 million. Okay, got it. And then Guitar Hero was 1.5 million, 91, and an 8.6. Nice. Um, uh, Lauren, you've escaped. <laughs> Why are you out here? I thought I locked the door. <laughs> she finished the Dorito bag, folks. <laughs> um, so, uh, Melee. I mean, I, I think I started Guitar Hero at Guitar Hero 3. The Did most, you? Really? Yeah, the most iconic one. You've got the, uh, was it through the Fire and Flames yeah. and all that jazz. Barracuda, mm-hmm. for the number of times I've played through that song. <laughs> um, oh, what's up, Hart? And um, I guess it Melee is so iconic because of the giant leap between the 64 and the GameCube version. Mm-hmm. Like, it's far superior. The graphics are amazing. Um, I mean, they, they're very similar to what we're seeing on the Switch for, like, the Donkey Kong stages. Mm-hmm. Like, just, oh, it's, it's amazing. So, I've played too many hours. I've beaten pretty much everything possible on that game. All of the, um, like, unique challenges, like, all 51 of them. Got Final Destination. Now they just give you Final Destination. Yeah, because they think we're wusses. Yeah, that'll make you work Don't for it anymore. Mm-hmm. I just remember it was, I think Giga Bowser, Mewtwo, and like Ganondorf. I think was that one, and it was freaking brutal. Yeah, you had to find a way to beat three of them. I think two or three lives with your three lives on whatever character you used. Hmm. Yeah, that's how you got Final Destination. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I mean for me. 
it, it, Smash Brothers is the clear winner, no doubt. I mean, I can't even quantify the number Super of Super Mario hours. Smash Bros. Melee. Exactly. Um, it's the clear winner. I mean, I can't even quantify the number of hours I played that by myself, but even, like, with because I was just, you know, whatever. You're unlocking characters. But with friends, it's just forever. I mean, you would just never stop playing that game. You'd stay up till ungodly hours in the morning. Um, but that's not to in any way... I miss the the harmonics music craze. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they very much like Skylanders and Toys for Life. They kind of it it came out and then everyone was just like, "This is popular," so everyone started like pumping these games out like multiple times per year, and it kind of just died eventually because it, people were fatigued. As well, opposed, a, from what I was reading when I was going through the total sales of Guitar Hero, it was like a billion dollars total revenue for all the games yeah well because i mean in among two generations they came out with probably like 20 different guitar hero games mm-hmm. i mean they had like the smash pack they had 80s they had uh, aerosmith green day beatles like eight i mean they had they, metallica they had so many different versions among their numbered installments so it was just ridiculous um but what i do remember most fondly is you know they used to have hollywood video game crazy kind of in the same building mm-hmm. um they were tied together and what we'd always do is my mom, typically like Friday nights or Wednesdays or whenever, um, we'd go to Hollywood Video and just get a bunch of movies and I could rent a game or something. But I would always, of course, trail off into the game crazy and just look at stuff. And I went in there and they had this, this kiosk with three different systems hooked up and it was typically like a PS2, GameCube, Xbox. And I saw this guy, he was the owner, he was the guy that was working that night and no one else was there. And I just see him with this plastic instrument, this plastic guitar over his shoulder, and he's playing this this game. Yeah. Like Smoke on the Water or whatever it was. And I was just like, what is this ridiculous thing with these five colored buttons? And he let me try it out, and I went home that night with a plastic guitar and a copy of Guitar <laughs> Hero. And um, that weekend, my buddy Nate came over, and uh, we just played it like all night, and we just couldn't believe how much fun it was. And, you know, you gradually went from easy to medium to hard and eventually expert, but... Um. Yeah, and and it's weird because I didn't play another Guitar Hero until three on like the three sixty or whatever yeah. it was, or maybe it was just PS two. Actually, that's one of very oh gosh, this is all coming back to me now. Um, that was one of the very few games that I went to a midnight launch for because really? I think there was like an Ohio State game or something like that, and so that was the excuse that I got my dad to stay up till twelve o'clock to take my buddy and I to Nick, my buddy Nick, to this midnight uh, release of Guitar Hero three on the PS two. Because he bought it, and then we went back to my house that night, had a sleepover, and we're just like up all night playing it. Yeah, but no, I miss, I miss. I hope the music genre comes back at some point, but yeah, um, it's still kind of dead because of the overpopulation. Yeah, but no, those are a lot of fun. I still have a guitar for 360, and I have a couple of the games. That would be a fun one too to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so next one, Ryan. Next one, uh, right along here. Super Mario Sunshine for the GameCube. Six Seed. And uh, God of War, the first one for PS2. 11 seed. So Sunshine sold 6.28 million, and God of War sold 4.617 million. Um, the Metacritic score for Sunshine was 92 and an 8.6, and God of War was 94 and 9.1. Wow. Yeah. Um, I never had a PS2. I've, I mean... To go back, I, I guess I started with God of War 3, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I rewatched all of the recap for God of War 4 when it came out for PS4. Um, but Sunshine is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, 
messing around with Flood, having a little jetpack, different nozzles, going after little baby Bowser with his Shadow Mario and his giant paintbrush. Um, oh, it was just... And then at the end, like, dealing with Bowser in a hot tub and, like, all the unique, like, rides where they're going. You're, like, on a roller coaster in a theme park. Um, your the most hated level was either the pinball one where you had, or the, um, what's the, plachinko. Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. It's like. Plachinko. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And, um, or the sand skybird where he flips around. I helped Lauren with that one. That was yeah, so stupid. the red coins. Yeah. Um, no, it was just so many good memories and such a unique, st- like, take on the Mario kind of formula. Yeah, and I think for me here, um, is Lauren out here again? No, uh, are you I'm look- looking at you. Okay, um, we're not going to return to that joke. Um, Super Mario Sunshine is definitely the clear winner here for me. I didn't play God of War 1 until I played God of War 3. So I played God of War 3 when I was on that internship. Yeah. And then um, months and months and months later, I ended up get- picking up a copy of God of War 1 and 2 on the PS2. Um, but I didn't even play, I never even played 2. I ended up just selling it because it just got to the point where it was like, the HD collections came on the PS3 and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, for what it, like Greek mythology and things like that, it's, it's wildly interesting to me. Um, and Kratos is a very angry, interesting character. Yeah. Uh, rightfully so. I mean, he got shit on by the Greek gods. Yeah. But I think very much like Ocarina and Breath of the Wild, kind of coming back to Ocarina after playing Breath of the Wild, I think it's yeah. going to be darn near impossible for anyone to come back to the original God of War after playing the most recent one. Yeah, it's just such a different formula for the original ones. Um, it's very butt mashy compared to finesse. Yeah, actually thought out RPG elements. Mm-hmm. Um, and Super Mario Sunshine, you know, I've told the story many times. I won't go into it because we're kind of on a time crunch here. But when I walked into that, you know, game or game, not crazy, but it was like tr- trading zone. Trading zone is what it was. And I walked up to the kiosk and I saw Super Mario Sunshine for the first time, mesmerized. And I think very much like Diddy Kong Racing with just very charming, fun, joyful music and just being very colorful, Super Mario Sunshine is is also like that, where it's like you cannot... Yes, there are levels that are very frustrating, but you can't play that game and not just like smile. Yeah. You know? Like even Petey Piranha, you're like, what the heck am I playing against? Yeah. No, it's, it's just a really fun, charming game. And I just love how over the years they've been so inventive with the the 3D Mario games between yeah. Galaxy, Sunshine, 64, Odyssey. Uh, it's, just, it's just so cool. So Yeah, Mario, you, you can't go wrong with. Yep. So next round, Ryan. This one was a hard one for me because I haven't really played much of either of these uh, except for hating one of them. Resident <laughs> Evil 4 on the PS2. Three seed. and um, Which it not rightfully earned. And then Metroid Prime uh, on the GameCube. So, Resident Evil 4 on the PS2 sold 2 million copies and 1.6 million on the GameCube. And Prime sold 1.14 million on the GameCube. So, Resident Evil has a Metacritic score of 96. Yeah, it does. And 90. Metroid Prime has 97. Suck it. (laughs) Get out uh, of here, Samus. And 9.2. So, also suck it. Um... I played... Resident Evil is the one you lent me. Yes. And um, I could not play it because it's not the style that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I The shooting from this hip, completely stopping when you're shooting, 
I didn't enjoy it. Um, I was watching some reviews and some gameplay, and apparently it was revolutionary in its precision targeting and its smart AI, like talking about one of the trolls, like ripping off the roof and like being able to smash buildings and not just stuck on the outside of a building. Like mm-hmm. it actually came after you. Um, I can appreciate that. I didn't enjoy it at all, but that's not to say it wasn't a good game. Yeah, so Metroid was your pick. Yeah, Metroid was my pick. I played a little bit of it. Um, The graphics were amazing, and the combat... I mean, I also played um, the other Metroid, which was on... Wii. It was a demo on Game Boy Advance. Oh. No, 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 not Game Boy Advance. uh, 3DS. Okay. It was was very similar. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the... The combat style. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, Resident Evil 4 is a clear winner. I mean, this was... Yeah. If it's not among my top 10 games, it was at one point. Um, I played this game on the, the Wii originally, which is my favorite version, the PS2, and the PS4. Um, I've played through the game at least, like, four to five times. I love it. And I would love for you and I to play through five co-op um, because mm-hmm. I think then you'd get a better appreciation for the controls. Is that the new terrifying one? No, that's seven. Okay. Um, I'll play through that during Halloween for sure. Yeah. It looks uh, scary as heck. Yeah. No, it looks ridiculous. Um, was two the remake that they just came out with. Yeah. And I also want to play that. Ryan was saying that was terrifying. Yeah. I was watching some people play it on Twitch and it looks right up my alley. It looks great, but also yes, very, very scary. Um, and Metroid prime is, is a game that I got kind of late in the GameCube's life. I actually remember getting my copy from Blockbuster. Um, like, I bought it, because you could. there was a point where you could actually buy and trade games there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's beautiful uh, to have a, f- a first-person shooter on, on a Nintendo console mm-hmm. was kind of wild. Um, and, yeah, controlled very well. I played, uh, was it Prime Corruption? on Wii, the third game. I played quite a bit of that too, but there's just never been a series that I've just been su- super engrossed in. No, the I concept would... is is something oh. I should be interested in. I just never got attached to it. Yeah, hopefully they do come out with a new one. Yeah. I um I, I actually enjoyed uh contrary to popular opinion, I enjoyed Other M quite a bit. If it wasn't called Metroid, I think people would have been much more about it. Really? Um, but they kind of just made Samus just a child. Uh, so what can you do um uncool nintendo well ryan we probably should move along to the next round yeah, here okay uh sly cooper and the thievius raccoonus that's right seven um, seed yeah it looks amazing and world of warcraft on pc so the thievius raccoonus sold 2.2 million um it has a meta score of 86 and 8.6 so it looks like they're along the same page World of Warcraft was fourteen million, um, and then ninety three and seven point four. Oh, it's an interesting uh, difference there. Yeah, a lot of the I was looking at the because that confused me. A lot of it was people just complaining about some of the new updates. Oh, okay. The kind of bombing the reviews, putting yeah. zeros. Okay. Um, because the new changes to basically what they're putting out is completely different than the classic. Okay. Um. I watched some of Sly Cooper, and I would have loved to play that. You, it honestly would probably be among your top ten games if you played it. Oh, easily. Growing up, it it looked amazing. Um, and like a lot of the platformers, because I do enjoy them. Um, that it just the concept was hilarious. Devious Raccoonus being a book, and then having five people tear up his like 
all of his thieving secrets mm-hmm. or his family secrets and then having to get them back. Pretty interesting. And then World of Warcraft is what I chose because, I mean, not playing both of them, but that's kind of up my alley for RPGs. You would have lost your life if you played them. Oh, I would have not had, yeah, I wouldn't be the same human I am. No. Yeah. Because, like, RuneScape, I think, was kind of like child's play compared to what would have happened if you played yeah. World of Warcraft. Like, it would have been hard-boiled egg, like, living room to, like, the... Oh, I wouldn't be able to talk to people. Nth degree, Yeah. Leroy Jenkins. What is that? I mean, I know it's World of, World of Warcraft related, but I've never seen that video. All right, we're going to end it here, folks. This is <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> How do you... That's like one of the most iconic World of Warcraft things ever. You didn't know who Reggie Filzame was. Yeah, because he's North American CEO. Who cares? It's a Japanese company. I care. <laughs> well, you know what? I guess we're even. All right, we're even now. Um, yeah, so for me, I absolutely adore the Sly Cooper games. Um, it's criminal that I've not played, um, what is it? Thieves in Time, the fourth game on the PS3. Um, I really wish we could get that game, um, like the trilogy brought to PS4. I know we got a trilogy on the PS3, but, um, I actually have it on the Vita and, um, I played through all of three games growing up and I just loved them. The first one in particular, I think they got progressively worse, um, not to say that third's a bad game, but they just like, they added everyone as playable characters and there was a lot of mechanics that were just unnecessary, but the first game in particular puts you, you know, in the shoes of, of Sly, of course, and he has two pals named Bentley and Murray, a turtle and a, a right. giant hippo. Yep. And yeah, as, 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 as I would say, as Travis, <laughs> as Ryan said, do I even need to be here for this? <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, listen, I talk to Travis when I talk to my wife. It's kind of a problem. Yeah, and I get, I get on my phone because I'm doing business all day. I'm like, oh, I have 55 unread messages. And I'm just <laughs> scrolling through. I'm like, God, when I have an hour to burn, like you're chatting all day. Or like the other, like that was Thursday. Yeah. Just Thursday between like 10 o'clock and 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And Friday, I'm like, oh, here's 30 unread messages. <laughs> like what a... You're like, hey, Ryan, can you read this? I was yeah. like, well, you're stressing me out <laughs> with 50 unread messages. I feel like I'm reading a book. Yeah. You got to admit, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty nice novel, at least. Yeah, it is. It's entertaining. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, I, my Yahoo, like, number, it, I have 13,000 unread emails. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that number's never going away because I'm not going to read all those. <laughs> Yeah, but like 12,500 of those are just like spam. Hell, even on my work email, it's like, because I don't double click into my emails, I have 4,500 unread emails. I wouldn't be able to sleep. Dude. That would stress me out. Yeah, I'm like gone in a couple weeks for like uh, supplier visits. And like in the three days I'll be gone. I'll be... um, I'll probably get 150 to 200 emails. Oh my god! So I'm like, oh god, do do I visit and understand processes, or do I get just sit up and like understand emails? Because like, I'm gonna get slammed. You're gonna like, ignore our text messages regardless, so it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll come back. He's like, oh, you have 600 re- unread <laughs> emails, um, and they're all like, Travis, I love you from Rusty. <laughs> My kissy face emojis. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what's going on. Um, okay, so Sly Cooper as Brian. I, I thought it was a little overkill when you said that twerking video of yourself. 
twerking video to in the group chat the family group chat <laughs> no like you twerking from Travis. Oh, I was like, I was like, wait. I was You're like, like, shoot, did I send that? <laughs> I was like, wait. That wasn't meant for you. Yeah, it was meant for uh the only Travis. <laughs> <laughs> That's supposed to be a singular yeah, sense. Wrong chat. Yeah. Um no, it's like Hooper as Ryan so perfectly just told you guys. Um yeah, you have like these five different bosses that just completely screw with you. And then you have this book of your entire family history line that's that were all thieves. And you eventually get a number of different um, abilities um, that you kind of learn based on their teachings and readings and writings and stuff like that. Uh, But it just makes for a really good time, really fun little adventures. And if you can pick up, if you have a PS2, grab the games. If you have a Vita, grab the collection. If you have a PS3, there's an HD collection there too. So it's a series that should not go overlooked. Yeah. So I guess the last one for this is... This is a really tough one. I mean, it's, it's not, but it is. I will... What I'm afraid of is you're going to be biased. So this is Kingdom Hearts on the PS2 versus Battlefront 2, the original one, on PS2 or Xbox. Um, I'm afraid Kingdom Hearts is going to wipe your entire bracket because that's your favorite game of all time. But we'll see. Probably will. Uh, Kingdom Hearts was um, (coughs) 5.6 million. And as a series, it sold 25 million. That's insane. Yeah. Because there's like 9 million games explaining the most convoluted plot of all time. <laughs> um, and then Metascore is 85 and 8.9. Um, Battlefront 2 sold 6 million copies. Had an 84 and a 90. Or a 9. Yeah. I uh, chose Battlefront 2. It's not surprising to me. Yeah. I played the absolute crap out of it. I if- really wish... Battlefront wasn't going against Kingdom wasn't Hearts. Going Kingdom Hearts because that's I mean I saw that I was like oh well I guess we trashed the one game that's freaking amazing yeah no I mean honestly if it was a, a different seed it probably would end up being Kingdom Hearts versus Battlefront two in this bracket for me like Battlefront two probably would have beaten out Melee yeah for me because yeah. just Moss Eisley alone like the number of times that I played that map the number of hours that I've pumped into that is like for the number of hours over the like just the the console at like the Xbox plus playing it on the PSP. Like I went back and tried to play it on the PSP cuz I'm like I need some original Battlefront. I'm like there's like six pixels and you turn like one <laughs> button press and you're like looking at the other side of the map and you're like what the hell happened? And you're like trying to get a headshot on a sniper because yeah, you're trying to and you you're like oh I need to just move a little bit and you're like Oh, I guess I'm looking like 90 degrees to the right. Yeah, um, you don't play you don't play Star Wars Battlefront on a PSP. No, I wish oh, I freaking missed that game. Do you have that one that we can multiplayer? Yeah, have it on the PS2. We can okay. whip it out anytime. Yes, we need to whip it out soon. <laughs> um, so I yeah I, I chose. I mean I really enjoyed Kingdom Hearts one. The actual mechanics didn't age well, um, and I don't have the nostalgia of that. But Battlefront two I. I've played so many hours. Oh, I, I love the crap out of that game. I mean, even the like RPG elements of leveling up your guns. So you start out with a like on your um, like machine gun class. Instead of the blue bullets, you have like a three shot burst of pink bullets that just if you hit a headshot, you insta kill them. Mm-hmm. Like or yeah, you can just level up all the different classes, which is a ton of fun. And then you had turret guy, and then you had jet trooper with like a giant blast. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. 
droid to cause. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, I think you and I have, have gushed about this game and also equally ranted about how piss poor of a game that Battlefront 2 is by EA that came out, you know, whatever many years ago it was, two years ago, mm-hmm. um, in comparison. And, uh, I mean, Kingdom Hearts wins. I mean, and unfortunately, it was, it was against a game that is also one that on any given day could probably be argued among my top 10 games of all time. Yeah, just I think for the that sheer was number. my, um, I put that as my, I think my number 10. I think you did, yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it really is. It's just so perfect and has no business being as good as it is, but Pandemic rests their souls um, as a developer. They also made Lord of the Rings Conquest, which was essentially Lord of the Rings Battlefront, Yeah. Um, which was amazing. It was a lot of fun. And, um... Yeah, no, it's unfortunate that I have to choose between, you know, my two love childs, but um, Kingdom Let's Hearts. see how it is. Sora beating Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep, basically. It's bullshit. <laughs> All right. Uh, Legend of Zelda versus uh, Knights of the Old Republic is where my second round of picks go. Okay. And um, having played through the Knights of the Old Republic and not so much Wind Waker, I think that's an easy win. I mean, Star Wars... Pretty much, if it's done well, I'll enjoy the heck out of it. Yep. And again, I think I would be saying the same thing if I'd put more time and was more patient with it. But it's against Grand Theft Auto 3, Jack and Daxter wins out. Jack and Daxter wins? Beats Grand Theft Auto 3, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Um, I'm so... eh, Yeah, it's a platformer. Um, I guess the next one for me would be Halo Combat Evolved versus Melee. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's an easy win for Melee. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if you say Halo, I'd be really surprised. Yeah, as fun as Halo was, and like as many hours as I put, I mean, Melee is arguably one of the best, if not the best, um, of the Smash Bros. Yep, Yeah, I agree. What about um, yourself? Yeah, I wish The Sims wasn't going against Melee, because I would have liked to have seen it move further in the bracket, because it is a 12 seed. Um, but Melee, definitely. Yeah, that. there's. it's really hard to compete with melee yeah for really any game okay so kingdom hearts versus melee that's my final thing oh is it really (laughs) (laughs) okay okay um super mario sunshine versus metro prime or metroid prime Mm -hmm. and again that's an easy one is sunshine sunshine if i could have if i had more spots in my top 10 which is not how numbers work i would put sunshine in there I'm going to say Resident Evil 4 over Sunshine. If I play through Sunshine again, my 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 uh, my choice would probably change. But having only played through the game once on my GameCube and then watching Lauren play, I don't have as much of a fondness as I do as I would like a Mario Galaxy or 64. Okay. So. You suck as a human being, but it's cool. I accept <laughs> you. Yeah. So Resident Evil 4. Yeah. God, that's such a shit game. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we can't all the, be good at beauty is in the eye of the beholder, Ryan. Yeah, but if it's subjectively ugly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess the last one for me is World of Warcraft versus Battlefront Two. And as much as I'd like to say World of Warcraft, having not played it and having watched a significant amount of gameplay, the Battlefront Two is an easy choice. Yep, for I me. agree. Uh, for me, Sly Cooper and Kingdom Hearts. I wish. <laughs> Listen, oh, I wonder what wins. I w- I wish again very much like The Sims that Sly Cooper would continue to move on, but it's not beating out Kingdom Hearts. So Kingdom Hearts moves on. Yeah. So, 
I think it'd be a safe prediction that Kingdom Hearts will be your end final person. Potentially. Potentially. But we have a lot more discussion to have that needs to happen. So yeah. I'll bring not make rash Let's not make any rash <laughs> assumptions here, Ryan. Um Star Wars Battlefront or fuck. Knights of the Sorry. Old Republic. <laughs> Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic versus Super Mario Bros. I did it again. I screwed up both names. Oh. Versus <laughs> Mayhem. Like, just botched. Knights of the Old Republic versus Super Bros. <laughs> <laughs> You're like three hours in. I don't know what I'm talking about. Versus who Melee. Am, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> Super Bros. <laughs> Oh. What? Okay, Ryan, we can never go longer than two and a half hours. I know, what is this? Dance <laughs> uh, of the Twilight Old Republic versus uh, freaking RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Melee. Melee, I think, is an easy choice. It is, it's very hard to beat Melee for anyone. Okay, yeah. Um, Jack and Daxter and Super Bros. And <laughs> Super Bros. <laughs> Super Bros wins. <laughs> Oh. oh man Alright my next one is uh, Sunshine I'm just going to go with like one word answers Versus Battlefront 2 um, That's a really hard one I played All of Sunshine Except for one blue coin Which evaded me um, Versus Battlefront which I played for too many hours And I, I'm going to have to go with Battlefront Yeah Um Oh, really? Against Sunshine. Sunshine, which that one's a hard battle. The next battle's even worse, and I haven't even decided yet. So Okay. Well, um you can let the listeners know next week if you prefer. I don't know if I'll even come up with the decision then. I just kinda have to let it go. As Elsa says, <laughs> we've got Super Bros versus Kingdom Hearts for the final battle. Wait, did no no, what's your uh, next one? Kingdom Hearts versus what? Oh, Resident Evil Four. Yeah. Yeah, Resident Evil 4 does not win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Kingdom Hearts. Was it a hard choice? No. No, not even close. No. Okay, so mine is Super Melee. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I say the game right? Because <laughs> we've been talking for like four and a half hours. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Okay, we're, Su- we're- Super Bros or Super <laughs> Melee? Oh shit! Okay, uh, we're cleaning. We're we're gonna melee versus battlefront. We're cleaning up the language next time, folks. We promise. Yeah, my bad. Oh. Uh, okay, Ryan is in a coma. Super, what? Super Bros. <laughs> <laughs> beats Super Bros. Beats Battlefront. All right. Oh uh, yeah, I I think I'm gonna have to go with melee versus battlefront too. Okay. <laughs> um. Super melee. What? Kingdom Hearts wins <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. We've talked for way too long. <laughs> Jeez. All right, folks. We want to thank you for uh, embarking on this ridiculous March Madness journey with us. And um, hopefully you're still listening. I know Ryan and I, we were just a little uh, a little vulgar this episode. We'll try and clean it up a little bit next week. Can't promise you anything. But, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun doing this. I hope more people will continue to write in and take part and participate because, well, we still have two more episodes of this craziness. So um, hopefully you're enjoying the discussions, the memories, the reminiscing that Ryan and I are, are doing. 
and hopefully you're doing the same. So Ryan has to get to leg day and grunt and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And um, <sighs> Lauren and I are going to go eat ice cream for dinner. So <coughs> thank you all for listening to Otaka Brothers. You can write into the show at Otaka Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Lewis 2011 I post updates about when the show is going out, what we're talking about, you know, requesting listener feedback and all that fine stuff, fun stuff. Um, yeah, that's about all I have, Ryan. Anything else that you want to, any parting words? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you still want to put together a bracket and kind of share with us, excuse me, your decisions, um, you still have, I guess, two weeks to do that or another week, and then we'll talk about it the following week. So. Yep, so we'll be reading all the listener emails that third episode. So, um, again, I'm not opening them because I don't want anything to influence my decisions. And So we um, won't dissuade him from doing Kingdom Hearts across the entire bracket. Exactly, so, you know. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down, people. Um, anyways, uh, parting words. I'm trying to think. I feel like there was something else I was going to say. Have a good week. Stay caffeinated. All right. Yeah. And stay classy, folks. See ya. Bye.